set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Moonlight from 2016, directed by Barry Jenkins. And we are continuing our kick in the chest movie marathon (laughs) um, with some more drama, some more relationships, some more aesthetics some more oh my god i love this movie Mm -hmm. um i think on our last episode we kind of shared why like we kind of landed on this movie but ashley if you want to give our listeners a little refresher okay so um initially we talked about doing a barry jenkins um like two four episode i guess like um and I don't really know why. I just kind of like, you know what? Nobody's really talking about if Beale Street could talk enough for my personal taste. And I wanted to rewatch it. And I just thought it'd be kind of fun because we haven't done a director spotlight yet. Um, and I've always hoped we would um, as like a theme. But um, yeah, so you had been watching a lot of Wong Kar Wai. And I thought, you know, or actually, I think you were the one who were like, oh, I watched this video and Barry was really into Wong Kar Wai, like really inspired him to start doing movies. And um, and I guess we kind of, somehow we thought like, let's do Moonlight and let's pick a movie from Wong Kar Wai, which we did last episode, which is In the Mood for Love. Um, which you guys can go and check out and listen to. Um, there's been a lot of articles online that talk about how Barry has been inspired by In the Mood for Love, and, um, and he's talked a lot about, like, his influences, like, overall, and that kind of thing, so, um, I mean, Moonlight, it's a great movie. (laughs) It is, and I think somebody thought I I hadn't watched this movie before in the comments. Maybe, like, I, we've both seen this movie before, like, deciding yeah. to do this episode. I think I watched it a little before the year that it won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Because everyone, like, people keep saying this film is underrated. Mm-hmm. And everyone keeps talking about it. I I think I have, a, 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 like, a a hypothesis if you will because I was reading through um some like backstory about it and I guess it it's mainly because the movie was mostly marketed on like word of mouth like they didn't do a whole lot of like pre the Oscar nominations they didn't do a whole lot of marketing for it because I don't even remember seeing like a trailer or anything um like the entire time, like that whole year, I hadn't seen a trailer. I just would hear about it. And I was on Letterboxd, which is uh, where I see like a lot of movies because a lot of people um, that use Letterboxd get to go to like film festivals and stuff. So I'll see reviews for movies that won't come out for like months and months. Um, but I think as far as um, like Wikipedia and other places, like the marketing was strictly the poster for 
Yeah. Like that early marketing campaign. That's kind of what I remember from it. I remember seeing the poster and being like, hmm, I wonder what that's about and making a mental note to check it out later. And then the more I heard about the film, mostly people saying, you have to see this movie. I was Mm -hmm. like, I have to see this movie? And (laughs) turned out I had to see that movie. So I watched Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't remember what was like the thing. Because I've said it on the podcast before, I really don't do a whole lot of, um, I guess, research in terms of like what movies I'm about to watch. It It's it's not like I'll watch any old damn movie because I really won't. <laughs> but I um, it doesn't also it also does not take me a lot to it doesn't take a lot to get me to want to see a movie. I don't even remember seeing the poster. Like, I just remember being like, I think I'm going to see this movie. And it was with that movie and, like, a string of other movies because I saw this movie, like, during award season. Not award season, actually. Like, towards that end, end of the year, like, pre-award season um, time where, like, a lot of, like, the the heavy hitters will come out. Um, A lot of Oscar bait will come out. (laughs) Like your green um, books. Why did you bring that up? You didn't need to bring that up. You didn't need to soil and sully this episode so early. You know how I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I remember getting up really early. I actually have my Fandango ticket, like, still on my phone. Um, I drove out to Mesquite, which if you're familiar with Dallas, it's, it's, not too far away, but it's not, like, down the block either. It's a good, like, 20, 30 minutes um, up the highway. So I drove all the way out to, like, pretty much the edge of town <laughs> and to go to, like, a theater that was playing it because it, was, it wasn't it was playing near me at all. Um, and I went and sat down and watched it with, like, nine other people. And I was like, damn, bruh. <laughs> this is some good shit. <laughs> But I didn't know anybody who was in the movie. I didn't know who directed the movie. I just like went and was like, I feel like I'm going to want to watch this. And I went and watched it. And it was great. Which is not, a, it's, it's not a strategy for everybody. I know some people like to, you know, comb through, read the spoilers on Wikipedia and all that. But I kind of just like, you know what? I just have a feeling that I'll like this movie a lot. And you were right. I don't know why it took me so long to like actually watch it again. Hmm. That's kind of a thing I'm still kind of trying to figure out because there's a lot of movies too that I feel I I feel regret when I don't get to watch them in a theater because I feel like damn this on the big screen is like some would be like some otherworldly shit. Like I feel like if I hadn't seen if Bill Street could talk in a theater, I'd be like oh god because there's so many good like close ups and atmospheric moments and like I'm like damn. I'm so glad I got to watch that on, like, a large screen. We're, like, being in my house and, like, getting interrupted and, like, the fucking dogs are coming around. It's not, like, the same experience. Like, in the theater, I get to, like, zoom in and just, like, kind of zone out and stuff. Um, But I don't know if that was something or just kind of, like, like, it was just kind of, like, I, I know that movie and I don't know. It's not like you can't rewatch it. I feel you like that first experience is something. 
Mm-hmm. Like the I watched it at home because if y'all don't know by now, I have chronic migraines that ruin everything sometimes. So I couldn't get out to see it. Um, so I had to watch it when it was available to me at home. Um, and I watched it and was like amazed. Like I wanted to know everything about everyone involved, mostly about Javante because bruh. Stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like can't deny that but i really wanted to learn more about barry jenkins because the movie is beautiful Mm -hmm. um and what's the cinematographer's name his name is james laxton i think oh i actually i believe that's his name he did that Mm -hmm. he is responsible for though like the way the film is shot it's it's art it is art it's actual art um but the the movie is gorgeous. It's actually like breathtaking, and I'm glad that I've seen it. And I hadn't seen it since award season, but I was going through it, watching all these Wong Kar Wai movies, and I was like, you know what? You know what these movies remind me of? These movies remind me of Barry Jenkins movies. So out of the blue, I watched Moonlight, and then. When I went back to watch, I think, Chunking Express, that's when I found the um, interview with Barry on Wong Kar Wai. And I was like, so he was a major influence. I Mm -hmm. get it now. And you're going to fucking die. So I didn't tell Brittany this before the episode because I wanted her to be surprised. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So remember how we were talking about a certain film maker had to slap his name on the cover of Chunky Express for people to watch it. Did he have to slap his name on this? He did because nobody (sighs) was going to watch it if he hadn't. And guess who watched it because Quentin's name was on it? Who? Barry. Oh, okay. I mean... Barry saw this at Blockbuster and said, why is Quentin Tarantino's name on this? And went home and watched it. I I get it. Okay. So I understand. I mean, shout Full out to, circle. Full circle. Yeah. I was I fucking cracked up because I was like, bitch, we were just roasting him for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which it sucks because like on the one hand, I can see why he had to put his name on it because I mean, the way people act like when they have to watch shit that's subtitled is, you know, pretty much like a no. <laughs> and also, this is a foreign film director who people might have not heard of. So again, who the fuck is that? No. I mean, are you going to rent the movie that it's by, like, I don't know, throw out any old director that you know by name and you know the people who are in the movie. Are you going to take a chance on a pretty random movie at the time in the mid 90s i could see people going for the you know tried and true rather than you know a a foreign film that by a guy they probably never heard of and i can also see like people being like why the fuck is quentin tarantino like did he make a movie that we didn't know about and 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 that kind of thing because um I did see in the same interview that I watched with Barry, he talked about how a lot of people in his film school um, 
they were making movies that were heavily inspired by like your typical directors, so your Spielbergs and that kind of thing. And then he kind of went like uh, took a hard left and was like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm going to I'm going to be inspired by foreign film. <laughs> and so he started watching a lot of like foreign films. And that's where he discovered that fucking Quentin Tarantino presents. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, as a film student, he probably been like, OK, I know who Quentin Tarantino is, but like. What's all this? <laughs> What's the rest of this? So I thought that was hilarious because I was like, damn, we really were roasting him for that. <laughs> we were. and But then we also mentioned that, like for me, I I mentioned that Quentin Tarantino did get me a little bit into the indie movies. Yeah. A little and bit. He's a, he's a wealth of information. I, I can't fault him for that he he's a wealth of information he knows a lot he has a lot of references so i mean i can't fault anybody if you figure out if you find a film by somebody and it's not like your typical way like you didn't be like oh this is steamed film by you know legendary film you know like sometimes that's not how you figure out a movie i usually find movies because i'm looking around on tumblr and i'm like oh who's that cute guy me that's me i mean that's exactly how i found fucking in the mood for love i was like who is this guy with this cigarette who is this cute dude who is who 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 is this (laughs) who is this i don't i I would like to know who this man is a lot of people get kind of shit for that which is dumb especially women get shit for that which i think is really dumb but anyways we've gone off track as usual (laughs) this is our brand this is our brand this is our um, brand. But, I guess we should talk about the like background. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, let's share a little background. So, this is Barry's second film. Um, the first one he did that I actually watched to do some little homework is called um, "Medicine for Melancholy," and I believe that was released in two thousand eight. And that one was a little different. It got weird. <laughs> it got weird. Um, but it was also about like that their one day romance, them trying to figure out where they fit as black people in changing San Francisco. Um and like the hipster scene. And it was like, okay, we're not quite there to the berry that I know. Mm-hmm. Um but if you can find the film, you can also rent it at places where you rent movies um, to watch it. It's I like the way it's shot. Um, so I, I guess you could watch it. Um, but Moonlight is actually based on a play. Yeah. An that play. was written by Terrell. Is it Terrell or Terrell? Um, I want to say it's Terrell. Terrell Alvin McCraney. Um, and the I hope stru- it's Terrell. Fuck! <laughs> Can I also say, I fucked up last episode, like twice, multiple times actually, um, on my pronunciation. I don't want to be like them people who don't try to pronounce things. We actually work very hard <laughs> to try we- to pronounce things right because it is one of my great pe- like pet peeves, like... If you're going to do something and have it recorded, bitch, get your fucking pronunciation right. <laughs> like, like, 
We did. We like watched videos. <laughs> we tried. So we watched videos to make sure we um, pronounced the names right. And you know what, guys? We just can't read. Like we can't read. We, we can't talk. We fucked up. It just up. be like that. And we're we're sorry if we didn't get it right. And but, we're um, sorry if we don't get it right tonight. So yeah, I think his name is Terrell Alvin McCraney. So. Um, and I think the play was called In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. Yeah. And in the play, um, the three characters of Little, Chiron, and Black, I, I assume, like, from reading about it, it they all happen, like, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that all three of those characters are the same person as a play is going on until a certain point in the play which could be interesting to have seen i don't know how that would work because i'm like why am i watching three different people on this stage at the same time i mean art <laughs> okay <laughs> okay all right that's my answer mm-hmm. all right okay okay S- so like Barry was in a stunt, uh, like a slump after making his first film and was looking for something to do next. And he just kind of met McCraney and like learned about his work and decided that this is a story that he wanted to make into a film. So he adapted the play into a screenplay and it kind of evolves. He decided to make the uh, all three characters into one character. So you all know that we're like, so as us, us as the audience watching, we all know that this is one character and we're watching them through their life. Um, and he did that. I feel like he did a really great job in writing this screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of inspiration taken from, McCraney and Barry's own lives, especially in the character of Paula, played by Naomi Watts, who is Chiron's or Little Black's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, both of um, both Barry's and McCraney's mother had um, drug addiction issues, and that shows up in the movie and in the play. I mean, there's also the character of Juan, um, who is the, I guess, father figure of the movie, um, because I think McCraney said that he, ha- his mother had a boyfriend that was a drug dealer, and he was really cool um, in terms of like he taught him how to swim, and he he was kind of like that father figure that he didn't have at the time. Um, and there's a lot of, he, he wanted to be very sure that he didn't make it kind of like a, he's all this, but he's a drug dealer, um, because he didn't want it to negate the fact that he was doing like this one thing that's kind of harmful. He didn't want that to negate the fact that he was like a good person, a good man. Um, which I think can be kind of like, it can be kind of like, it's kind of like a point of tension. I would, I would think. Like, how can you reconcile the fact that, like, there's this person in your life that uh, what he does hurts people, but he's a good person? 
kind of thing. But he kind of wanted, he didn't want to, like, negate Juan's, like, humanity, like, the character's humanity. So he was very, um, he, he was trying to make sure that, that this person was, like, a fully, like, multifaceted kind of character, even though we don't spend a large amount of time with him in the story. And then also, Naomi said she didn't want to be Paula. I forgot to mention that. At first, she didn't want to do it, the role because she felt like it was going to be stereotypical. Yeah, she. I assume like when reading about her reasonings for not wanting to be Paula, I felt like she just didn't want to. She wants to be a positive role model for young women, and she didn't feel like playing a uh, someone who is a drug addict is a positive role model. Yeah, but I also feel. Like, I feel like there's a back and forth with people with, like, representation um, of, like, black women in in movies and in media and black people in general. Because on the one hand, like, you don't want to go up for those same parts, especially if it's, like, by, like, a white person or whatever, because there's no telling, like, if you're going to be, like, the butt of the joke, most likely you will. But on the other side of the coin, it's, like, you're depicting something that's actually like happened to someone and like this is actually something that they can't are drawing memory from so I don't know if like I feel like some people are very hesitant to play those roles even though those are definitely a part of real life like I feel like there's a good balance that can be had between those because like Everybody's like, oh, we don't want to show black women as single mothers and blah 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 and I was like okay well like my mom is a single mother so like seeing a single mother on screen, that's very normal to me. <laughs> like, that would be a very normal thing to see to me. But, like, for a lot of people, they're like, oh, no, we only want to see people, like, represented just like this and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's not like Naomi can't dictate her career. Um, especially that's really cool that she can, like, be like, no, I don't want that part. Because a lot of people do not have the freedom to be like, no, I don't want that part. But um, I think she only was really, like, okay, cool after he kind of, like, explained, like, this is... This is based off of someone that's real and, like, personal to us. So it wouldn't be, like, you know, you know how those roles could go down. Yeah. I mean, in the wrong hands, it could go left easily. Right. Right. And, and I, I don't people... think. Oh, God. I was like, I don't think this went that way. I think. For what the role is and how it was handled, I think it was handled well. Right. So, do we want to, like, briefly kind of give us a summary of what the movie is about? Yes, but I also want to say, this is also the movie that kind of made me feel like, who the fuck is A24? (laughs) (laughs) Because I was remember seeing that I was like, I keep seeing this fucking logo. Who the fuck is it? Who are these people? <laughs> I went home and Googled it like right after because I think. Let me see. Let me do my Googles real fast. But like, I you know how like I don't think I've ever sat there and been like. Like really like t- taken note of who produced or who distributed until I finally recognized that I was watching like 
this A24 thing. I was like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> I was so confused. I was so confused. I mean, yeah, I feel like this is where I first started paying attention to A24. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was just like, eh. well, no, The Witch. The Witch was 2015, right? Um, Possibly, but I didn't see it until after this. I didn't see it until it was on like Amazon or Netflix or something. It was way uh, after it was released. Yeah, okay. I bought The Witch as soon as it came out. So, yeah. So, a little before, but I was still a little like, mm, girl, what? But yeah. now I get I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of like the, I guess it's kind of like a meme on Twitter now because, you know, you got all the people like, oh, my God, 824. Uh. <laughs> and, um, oh, I know what the movie was because I saw Moonlight and American Honey pretty close to each other, I believe, um, like around the same time. And they were both done by 824. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and so then I would, like, I would, um, I would take note now. And now I'm like, oh shit, A24, yes, I'm dropping. What's good? <laughs> and sometimes it's hit or miss, you know? Sometimes they're not good. They've had a lot of good hits lately. Um, but I think A24 for this movie, usually they did, I think they would like distribute um, movies, but this time they financed and distributed. So it was like their first like actual production. So, um, so when award season came up, it was like, oh shit, who are these people? Everybody's kind of like looking over the shoulder like, they local? Who they? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then this is also in like conjunction with like plan B. Um, so the plot is in a nutshell, um, you're kind of, it's like a, well, it is a coming of age movie where you're kind of following Three separate, I guess, moments in this character's life um, as he's growing up as a young black and gay boy into man um, in Liberty City, which is in the Miami area, um, and kind of how he's dealing with a lot of loneliness, dealing with a lot of um, he's uh, bullying, he's he has a terrible home life. And you're kind of seeing him grow up and progress and um, dealing with his sexuality, which he is not, it's, it, how can I say, he's not really dealing with it. And I don't think it's, I think it's really because he, he can't afford to deal with it um, in his environment. Um, but you kind of see him grow and, and progress um, in these like three sections. Cause I think you mentioned that the, the movie is split into three. Um, so you basically get like a slice of like a major event in his life um, throughout the movie, um, which I think they also mentioned a movie. I cannot remember the name. I think it's called Three Three Times, which is like a Taiwanese film um, from 2005 that kind of does something similar that, to this. And I don't know if Barry, I mean, he probably watched this movie. <laughs> So I wouldn't put him past him. So I, I wonder if too. I have not seen this movie, so I wonder if if it's as close as um, the article that I found said. But um, it's kind of like a similar breakup and story structure, which I must mention when I watched this again because I did not know what the fuck I was watching. <laughs> I was so confused at first. Cause I was like, 
it took me until it literally took me to the last third to be like, oh, wait, bitch. These are the same person. <laughs> I was. Actually, maybe not the last third, maybe like the middle of like the second part. So like two thirds, which is still a long time. Actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Chiron. It was Kevin. I didn't get that. That was Kevin. Because they don't look alike. They don't look alike. Like, um, Alex, Alex Ashton and Trevante look pretty similar ish. Um, especially like Alex and, and Ashton. I think Trevante's kind of more, he looks a little farther away from the two, but you can kind of see like there's a resemblance, but like all the kids playing Kevin, they don't look very similar to each other, especially like the the younger Kevin, like kid Kevin, kid exclamation point Kevin. Yeah, he, he don't. That threw me off so much because I was like, wait, that, who is this kid? Like in the, in the, in the second part, I was like, who is this kid? And then I was like, wait, (laughs) is this supposed to be the same kid? Which actually I kind of like and kind of, I, I mean, it did throw me off. It's not a bad move because it is, I guess to compare it to Wong Kar Wai, it is kind of like. Um, like Barry kind of mentioned in that one video, like how we perceive memories of situations that have happened. Like it's not all the way clear. There's no like real like beginning, middle or end sometimes. So like how he's seeing this character, like if we're looking at this through like, through like Chiron's eyes, then how he perceives Kevin in one moment might be different from how he perceived them in another moment. Versus, like, the present. Mm. Because you don't always remember people like you think you do. Like, sometimes you see them like, oh, shit, no, that's not. You look different from what I was picturing. Because, like, you're, I mean, you know, the brain is, the brain is a complicated place. (laughs) But, like, it's not always, like, true to life. You know what I mean? And I think that comes up a little later in the film in the last like third of the film Mm -hmm. with the conversation between Kevin and Chiron Mm -hmm. yeah the first thing I noticed or like wrote down was like the song that was playing at the beginning which is every every nigga is a star I love how you put that (laughs) emphasis on the girl (laughs) every nigga is a star and you know what that is true Every nigga is a star, bitch. They you are. Know what? I went to Google the lyrics and I was like, "That's the important part." My FBI agent is like, oh, "Interesting activity. Interesting activity." Oh shit! So this whole scene, like, kind of took me out a little bit because I didn't grow up in um like South Florida. I grew up kind of on the um on the west coast of Florida, so like Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg. If you listen to our Spring Breakers episode, you will hear me talk about the bridge for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in that. But um the closest I ever got was like Fort Myers. And then my dad is from West Palm Beach, which is north of Miami. 
So it's kind of in the same-ish area. But my mom was in my room watching it with me for like like five, ten minutes or whatever. She didn't stay that long, but she was like, where did they film this? <laughs> and we were, I was like, they filmed it in like Liberty City. And she was like... I was like, isn't it give you some throwback vibes to like West Palm Beach? She was like, please don't bring that negativity. (laughs) (laughs) Because we both have very different memories of West Palm Beach. I don't really like have like happy memories about it. But I was like, there's something so overwhelmingly Floridian. Like if something looks even like a hint of Florida, I'm like, ooh, bitch. Like all these memories come flooding back because like the way the houses are, the colors that they are, the street, there's sand and shit everywhere. <laughs> like like not everywhere, but like the dirt is not like straight up dirt. Like there's a lot of sand in the dirt and you know, palm trees and stuff. And even some places will look like real grimy, even though like it's known everywhere else as being such like a vacation spot. But I was like having so many intense flashbacks when I watched this, even though it was like I mean, it's in like a completely different situation than I've ever been. I've never been, you know, witnessed a drug deal out in the street in Florida. But I was like, damn, bruh, I'm having, I'm having, it's taking me back a little bit too far. <laughs> and this is where, this is where we're introduced to like Juan, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. He dries up. He's the one playing every nigger as a star. <laughs> that that song is so true oh my god (laughs) um and he's like checking in on his employees and seeing how how you call them employees (laughs) i mean he's a businessman like let's let's keep the terminology together (laughs) yeah he's not he's not like a like the drug dealer that be on the corner he's like the drug dealer like like okay do you have my money like what's good i hear shit straight um, so he's not like on the, he's not on the block necessarily. Yeah. He come to check in, you know, do a pop up visit on his employees. See him. What's Bitch, good. I used to hate that shit. When I worked at Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Side note. So I used to work at Sonic when I was like for summer between, uh, like semesters or whatever. And that fucking guy used to show up at the most random times. And we used to get in trouble for the stupidest shit. Like I didn't have my name tag on because when I would come, I would immediately have to be like, okay, go deliver like these, this food to like five different cars or whatever. Like as soon as you clock in. So I forgot my name tag and he tried to make me look stupid because I didn't have it on. And I was like, bitch, it's not that serious. It's not, but people need to know that you're Ashley. So I need to know who sold me my slushy that I'm going to pour vodka in later. Because <laughs> that's how I live my life. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> but like as as one is like checking in, seeing like how is business, how is my business going? You know, how are today's sales? You know, what are, what numbers are we working with today? Where are projections for this <laughs> quarter? um so some <laughs> some kids run past and oh, they can i interrupt and say this shot with the guy with the i don't know what the drug dealer's saying the guy who's on the block and then the guy who comes up to him asking for i don't know if he's asking for crack or, or what but he comes up to him asking for shit and he's like oh i got you know i can give you this for this or whatever that whole like setup with the camera going around them was so good it is it's so like, good because Oh. Jane, I think his name is James Laxton. 
Laxton, yeah. Laxton. James Laxton, I, you did that? Mm-hmm. It's really you good. did that, sir. You did it. It's a really good thing. You can kind of see, like, them arguing with each other. And I don't know how it ends. It, didn't, it seemed like I was like, are you about to chase after this dude or something? But, um, but yeah, you you mentioned, yeah, um, the kids run by, which I don't know if I ever realized at first. I was like, because, you know, about you just be out and, like, in, you know, You'd be out on the block and kids just be running around playing stuff. At least, you know, back in the day. I don't know if kids go out and play now or do things outside. No, kids no. Kids no. are mostly indoor. Yeah, I was an indoor kid. Yeah, me. I mean, I was an indoor-outdoor kid. I was an indoor kid until I went outdoor too much. And it was like, <laughs> you stayed outside too much so you can't bring your ass back inside. <laughs> Stop opening up my damn door to side. <laughs> yes. Um, it was one of those situations. But no, I used to be outside a lot. I used to run around. I used to actually, I used to climb trees. Oh my God, I tried to climb a tree once and there's ants on it. And I said, no, nope, this ain't for me. I used to climb the tree like in my backyard. And one day I got stuck. I was <laughs> always I- afraid of that. Because I was afraid to get down. I was like, what if you jump down and fucking snap your ankles? That's, that would be my first thought. I was afraid of breaking my neck, so I, I stayed oh. up there for like 10 minutes. And my <laughs> like, play cousin help. my play cousin was like, if you don't get down here. And I was like, I was so scared to come down. Bitch! <laughs> I was like 8. And she was like, wait. She was probably like 10. She was like, you don't get down here. And I was like, I'm scared. So I stayed out there for like 10 minutes. But yeah, I used to play around and run and do all that stuff. And then I used to occasionally play like Sega and video games and be on the computer and stuff. I was a Sega um, girl. I was a Sega girl. <laughs> real. And, I was a TV. I wasn't allowed to watch TV like Monday through Friday. Actually, Monday through Thursday. Friday, I was allowed to, and then the whole weekend. And so that's why I would just be, like, camped out in front of the TV and be like, I can't go to church. I feel sick. And just roll over and go to the TV. Just be so raggedy. And so... Actually. Actually. I did that, like, once. I could only do that once. It only worked once. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Just, you know... Ashley. I did what I had to do. Oh my god! I had to do what I had to do, man. But um, but yeah. So the kids running by—they're not having fun. They're actually like about to beat up this poor baby. Yeah, they're um chasing down this young man, this little boy named. They're calling Little. Um, and he's running for his life. He, whew, he's booking it, and he runs into like an abandoned building. And he locks himself in and all the other kids are like beating on the doors, trying to get him to come out. And they're yelling stuff and they are calling him all kinds of stuff. They're calling him everything but a child of God under there. Yeah, it's and, a lot of F slur, like a lot of like gay slurs, a lot of um, get that nigga. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember there being so many niggas in this movie. I was like, listen, it's real. I mean, it's true to life. That's how people be talking. But I was like, damn. These kids are really about to fucking rip him to shreds. It was a lot. And then, like, it took me back. Mm-hmm. Not that I was ever chased into an abandoned building. I but wasn't. 
either, <laughs> obviously. We both like, were not chasing to abandoned buildings. <laughs> <laughs> like the like the words and stuff used, I was like, oh. Yeah. Kids, kids can be so much. Kids are monsters. <laughs> like, <Wait>, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the worst thing I ever got made fun of when I was in school was because I had an intense overbite. <laughs> I mean, I was, and I was goofy looking because I was. It was so fucking. We fixing that problem now, y'all. But like, <laughs> I mean, I was just a fat kid, so I wore purple overalls to school one day, and somebody called me Marty. <laughs> Kids are so like. I hate kids. <laughs> this poor baby gets chased into like an abandoned crack house. Thankfully, nobody was there when he ran up in there. But he finds like crack vials and stuff, and they beat down the door. I was like, "Fuck!" Like, what did he do? <laughs> and I was like, "Damn!" Because at first, you like you would be like, "Okay, what did this kid do?" That's one thing. Okay. This is one thing that makes me think a a lot about bullying. Mm -hmm. Kids, okay, I just said it, but kids are monsters. Sorry. If you're raising kids, try to make sure kids aren't monsters. Because they probably will be, so just keep it right now. Keep a close eye on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it always fascinates me how kids are able to, like, zoom in or, like, close in on to whatever a weakness is and mm-hmm. exploit that like whatever they think a weakness is they'll hone in on it and go hard until they break a person kids will pick on someone else for absolutely no reason mm-hmm. they'll just fight just figure out and be like hey you with the whatever's wrong with you and they'll just keep nicking i don't know what that's about like Cause a lot of people are like, oh, they get it from their parents and stuff. But I was like, like I have my tendencies where I'll make fun of somebody, but I'm like, damn, my mama never did that shit. <laughs> but like, I don't know what that's I don't know like what that is, like within the in the in, you know, when the when the brain is still like molding and mushing like Play Doh. I don't know <laughs> like where that comes from. Cause I mean some people like you definitely can tell, like if you're Mama's a racist, and all of a sudden you start, you know, and chucking niggers and shit like at school and stuff. Like that's one thing, but like sometimes it just be like, I don't know. Is maybe it's not. I don't know. Is it like the the, you know how there's the 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 proverb like roast to be roasted. Yeah, I think that it, I think it's a survival of the fittest type situation mm-hmm. and then there, and then it just goes too far like when it goes to like bullying to like the point of making people like uncomfortable and and want to stay home or, or worse so it's so weird kids are monsters kids brains are doing a lot <laughs> at that age doing a whole lot um but yeah the poor like i said poor baby is in this building and then somebody else starts beating down the door and he gets scared. And then it's Juan. Um, he comes in and he's like, hey, you all right in here? And, and he doesn't say anything, like, won't speak or anything. Says he can go out to eat with him. And I was, girl, <laughs> I think I had the same reaction that I had in the theater. I was like, this man better not do anything to this child. <laughs> I, I swear to God, if something happens to this baby. <laughs> I was like, you better not have this kid out here slanging dope. I swear to fucking God. 
It was my first internet reaction. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't have that reaction to Juan when I first saw him, but that could have easily been my reaction. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like that's how it works. Yeah, because like this is, I feel like a lot of. I mean, I can't speak directly for any, like, boy because I'm not a boy and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But, like, I feel like you, when you find that father figure, and this is not, he's not his father figure quite yet, but, like, if you find that father figure, you start to, like, you know, you will do things to make them proud of you and stuff. Like, like you would do, like, a, for a father or for a parent or whatever. And it's kind of, like, there's, like, a weird kind of, like, power structure there. And I was just kind of, like, listen, like... Can we, I mean, I feel like it happens a lot where, like, boys will start trapping at an early age. I don't think you'd be that early, but, like, a couple years down the line, maybe. And I was like, oh, please, no. <laughs> I was like, what is this story about to be about? Yes. But instead, Juan takes them to a restaurant that gets something to eat. Mm-hmm. And he tries to get them to Tell him a little bit about, like, what's going on. What's his name? Yeah, what's your name? Where you live? And Like, can I take you home? What's going on? Yeah. And he, he gets nothing. Mm-hmm. He won't get shit. So he he ends up taking him to his house, um, which is a very nice house, actually. Um, And we see... Oh, we see Janelle Monet. <laughs> Ashley been hot about some certain tweets about a certain chicken sandwich that she didn't had allegedly four times already. Allegedly. I, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with how many times I've had this chicken sandwich. It's good, y'all. Okay, we don't need to have go into it. I'm sure you've heard, heard the news, seen the tweets, you know. Hey, all you people. Hey, all you people. Like the SpongeBob fish or whatever. Just like go get the fucking sandwich if you want to. But also, <laughs> do not condemn people for enjoying this sandwich and saying like, oh, we need to put like fucking voter registration booths where you can register and vote in the city. You can't do that, first of all. So what are you talking about? Second of all, what the fuck is your problem? Let black people enjoy things, bitch. Yes. What Ashley said. If you're a black person and you see other black people enjoying themselves, let them enjoy themselves. We have so little time on this raggedy-ass planet. If I want to enjoy a fucking sandwich before starting a business or whatever the fuck else you think I should be doing, I'm going to do that. Okay? (laughs) You should too, shit. Don't be judging people for buying Jordan's chicken sandwiches. I would instead never. Instead of investing you, in passports and business. Investing in generational wealth. <laughs> you know, like Jay-Z likes to tell y'all. <laughs> Ashley was hot. Like, I'm Ashley hot, was so y'all. mad. I'm hot. Like, I, she's, okay, let me just, let me, Janelle is good in this movie, okay? She, she was, a very she plays Teresa. Yeah, she plays Teresa. She is a very, um, she's a good positive, like, influence in this movie because, like, we're going to get to Chiron's home life in a minute, but, like, he does not have a good home life, like I said earlier, and he doesn't really have, like, the support system in place that, like, a young child needs, especially, like, a young black child, especially a young black boy in, like, an environment such as this. But, like, you know, that tweet pissed me off. (laughs) So I'm a little Ashley salty. Ashley just wants to jo- enjoy her fucking chicken sandwiches guilt-free. 
It's like not even every, a chicken sandwich because you're not going to tell me. Every black person in America should be allowed to enjoy a Popeye's fucking chicken sandwiches. It's not even a chicken sandwich. It's just like if you decide... It just represents a demonization of the poor to me because it's like, well, you know, if you didn't buy Jordans or you weren't spending all your time eating or you weren't doing this or you weren't doing that, then you could be rich. Like, you no, bitch. That's not how shit works. Like, stop doing that to people. Stop doing that to people, especially if you black. Let people enjoy the things that they want to enjoy. If they're not bothering anybody, like, shut the fuck up and let people enjoy things. <laughs> And Cynthia Riva, why would you charm your happy ass in there to talk because about Because she does not like black people. She has shown you from time to time. Like black people, she doesn't like black fuck American with black people. people. She doesn't like African American people. She Which don't fuck with us, Which kills me because I was like, damn, bitch, you were so good in those movies and I loved she it. She was. She fucked, she fucked it up in uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. She, she did, did that. Like, and Widows with my mama, Viola Davis, she did that. She did, but like... And she be cutting up all the time. It's just dumb. I just wish people just like, you know, especially rich people or the people in a place of privilege would fucking stick their money where their mouth is and stop telling us to do shit when it's not all up to us. It's not. I mean, it's a group effort. And honestly, they don't care about the group. No. They just want their name on the paper. Yes. So just I will be eye rolling a lot through this episode. I'm so sorry. So in the spirit of fairness, I just wanted to mention that Janelle Monet did in fact acknowledge the fact that her tweet was highly inappropriate. She also touched on voter suppression and gerrymandering, et cetera, um, all things that are major factors in the ability for black and other people of color to vote. Um, the jury is definitely still out on Cynthia Revo. Don't know what's happening over there. Um, but regardless of all that, I still said what I said and I definitely stand by it. So, <laughs> so we find out that, um, Chiron is called Chiron, but, um, he has a nickname Little. I don't know if this is a nickname that he picks. I think this I is like- just what the kids be calling him to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean he is a small kid. He's got him on the skinny side. Um, <laughs> I did like this part. This is actually such a black ass thing to say when <laughs> Teresa is like, "Well, I'm gonna call you by your name." <laughs> Blacks, <laughs> black people love doing that shit. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call you by what your mama calls you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. sometimes not, like, not okay. in all situations. Like, Yeah, I'm like, sometimes you should call people what they want to be called. But like, yes, know, it makes it did make me laugh. <laughs> it's such like a mama thing to say, honestly. And so um, Chiron also said he don't want to go home. Um, Which understandable. And right. And there's like a couple shots here where where Juan ends up taking him home. Um. And he's kind of like living his arms wave out the thing. I was like, oh, just like what these white kids be doing in like these indie movies where they let their arms hang out the car like a wave. I do that sometimes. Then I think about hereditary and then I put my arms back into the car. I say, don't lose your arm or your head. <laughs> I put my shit back in. Because it's real out here, bitch. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to invoke payment, dude. 
I definitely used to like hang out the window too. My grandpa used to let me, which he probably shouldn't have. I'm sure if my mom knew that <laughs> that was happening, she would have been like, yo, <laughs> what is going on down there? Um, and then so we meet Sharon's mother, uh, Paula, right? Mm-hmm. And she is a nurse. I believe she's Haitian. I don't know for sure. I kind of like assume that. Cause she's kind of got like um, a bit of an accent. I think to me that was just Naomi not really having a grasp on stuff. That also, but well, that was just me. She's been in movies. Has she? Hasn't she had an American accent in a movie? Has she? I don't know. I probably have not seen enough Naomi Harris movies everything i've seen with her she has played a british woman which she is a british woman she is so, a british woman i don't um, know i can't confirm or deny that is true because i forgot she was in pirates of the caribbean she was in 28 days later shout out to her for that role um she was in a bunch of movies skyfall which she was british in that movie <laughs> i don't remember her being in southpaw at all. Ooh, ain't that that's what your boy the dog man that is yeah don't i'm going to hang up on you <laughs> i'm gonna hang up on her y'all <laughs> all right bye guys <laughs> that's the end of the episode yes it is with jacob i don't remember her being in that movie though so um i would think that'd be the only movie she'd be in that she was American, but I don't know. I mean, like th- that area of of Florida. There's a lot of Cuban immigrants. Like Juan is Cuban. My family is Cuban. Um, on like my grandpa's side. So like, I mean, we out here. <laughs> I don't know where she's from, but I just assume that. So maybe that. I don't know if that's not the correct assumption. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, they don't really, they didn't go into detail about it. We don't actually find out a whole lot about, about Paula. Paula or their home life or, or any of that. Um, but yeah, but okay. So the Wikipedia says that the largest por- portion of Haitians in the United States live in South Florida area and especially the cities of Tampa and Orlando, which neither of these places are anywhere close to Miami, but like <laughs> apparently that, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could make the, you could make the assumption. Cause she um, also is like, um, I don't know if she's a nurse maybe, um, but she works like in a, like a doctor's office cause she's wearing scrubs. She works in like medical field. Mm-hmm. And when you first see her, she has it together. And she I does. feel she like, looks like a, like a stern mom. Yeah. Kind of and I feel back. like, the reason why Sharon is running wild at this particular point is because she's working so much. Yeah. That's what mom. I got from it. He's a latchkey kid. And so I bet you what happened is he's walking home and they're like, the kids, the neighborhood kids are like fucking with him. And so he don't want to go home. Plus, there is nobody at home. So he, because um, he ends up getting grounded from like watching TV. So it's probably all he does is go home. He cooks for himself. We see that. So I was like, or at least I don't think he cooks for himself. I think he like, he was running his own bath. Mm-hmm. And he was like heating up water on the stove and stuff. And um, 
So, yeah, he's taking care of himself in a way that, like, a small child, you would think, like, damn, like, like, don't you have somebody? Like, not necessarily a babysitter, but, like, I mean, I know that life of, like, going home and, like, you gotta, like, kind of get yourself home, call mom, let her know you're home, um, don't burn down the kitchen, you can make a Pop-Tart for yourself, <laughs> that kind of thing. But he's, like, super lonely. Yeah. Because, you know, in, in, in other instances, you'd be like, oh, I can go hang out with friends, but he don't have any friends. He does not have any friends. Right. So. Oh baby, oh baby. I know, I know. Oh baby. But, so I think after this is the scene. Well, the scene where he gives himself a bath was so sad. I was like, "That's my baby," because he goes and puts in. He does such a little kid thing. I'm pretty sure that was dish soap he went and put in there to make bubbles. I mean, if you got some joy, <laughs> some palm <laughs> olive. Yeah, that gives you a lot of bubbles. <laughs> I think it was what was it blue? It might have been Dawn. Mm. Oh, that's gonna dry you out. Listen, but. I mean, children don't know. <laughs> I felt so bad for him though, and like, it, there's like some themes. I was googling like the themes of the movie and and stuff, and like water has a pretty big deal, which I guess you can come back to once you get to like the scene with like Juan and him swimming. But um, yeah, it's like one of those things like he will go in water whenever he's feeling like kind of especially like vulnerable or sad and stuff and while like transforming and things happen in water maybe that's because trevante is an aquarius and us aquarii is that an appropriate i don't know i don't know i don't know even though we're an air sign we feel uh, we're like the water bearers so we feel a connection to water so i personally feel at peace in water so when i'm stressed out i go take a bath and get my life <laughs> your life bitch <laughs> so i only like the water because i kind of grew up near the water so like once i moved here i was like damn there's no beach shit <laughs> Because <laughs> going to the beach was like a like pretty standard thing. There's water damn near everywhere. I don't go in fresh water, but like um you know, the beach is not that far away. Um so it was not that hard to like, yeah, let's go to the beach. But um I mean, you know, maybe the the Aquarii? Is that how you call it? It's Aquarians. It's Aquarians. Aquarian. It's Aquarians, y'all. Oh, we're fucking it I've up again. I've been drinking that Capricia. <laughs> no, no, no. Stop. I had some sangria, and now my wig is tilted a little bit. Can you <laughs> so, hear it, y'all? Can you hear it? Y'all gonna have to bear with me with that one. But... Yeah, like Ashton is not even an Aquarius, but he not. But Trevante is. He was born February tenth. He's an Aquarius. That's how it is. How proud of yourself are you that you know that? Very proud. Because I don't know that right now. Michael B. Jordan is also an Aquarius. Very proud. Okay. Okay. Even though he don't like the colors. (laughs) Like all right. (laughs) But anyways, let's move along. So. Um, there is the scene outside where there's a bunch of boys. At first I thought they were playing 
tag, I think, or they're playing football. Yeah, like tag football or like football. Like, yeah. And I guess like Little's kind of involved in it, but then he's also kind of like not at the same time. And like there's some shots of like the guys kind of like the other boys kind of give him weird looks and um, and it almost feels like it's from like we're like the cameras from his perspective in those scenes or like the kind of the there's like kind of not a stare down but you kind of get like those like side eyes of like who invited this kid here and so he ends up leaving and he gets followed by this other kid um who is named kevin and he's like kind of cool with chiron like he's not too he's not mean to him he's actually like why'd you leave and um there's a scene where, like, Chiron grabs, like, Kevin's face and there is, like, blood on the side of his face, I guess. Um, and I was like, ooh, this, this close-up is, this close-up is good. <laughs> this is a good one. And, and then Kevin's trying to give him, like, I don't know if you would call this anti-bullying advice. <laughs> He's I wrote trying. It down. I mean, this is the best, uh, like, an eight-year-old could give to another Right, right, like an eight-year-old kind of like, yo, you guys, you know, you got to show these niggas you ain't soft. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sound advice. <laughs> sound advice. And um, they're, they they just start wrestling each other. And I was like, this is like, this is such a little kid's thing. Um, I like how in this scene, like, some of the, it gets kind of like, it goes, like, almost blurry in some parts. Mm-hmm. Like, out of focus. And then it's, like, in focus. And, like, you kind of see not like them entirely like you see like maybe like a hand or something <laughs> or, like back of somebody's head and he's like say look you got it you all right and i was like oh i know little chiron was like damn even though he's like a little kid and he has like no idea i feel like he doesn't he he knows he's different but he doesn't know like what it is yet and what that means and stuff like that other than to get like the kids pick on him and stuff yeah, but at the same time, what what do these kids see that's so different? Like, what do they see? I don't know, because in one part, like, towards, I think, the end of, like, this first chapter, like, uh, Paula confronts Juan and she's like oh do you want me to tell him why the kids make fun of him you see the way he walks and stuff and I'm just like oh shit (laughs) another part like because one thing like I didn't understand for they keep calling him names they keep using slurs against him Mm -hmm. they keep commenting on how he is queer or gay but there's a part during the scene where the young boys are comparing their penises. Yeah, that comes up after the scene with Juan, yeah. They, like, Chiron is there. Yeah, he, they had the door closed. They had the, they thought they had the door locked. And then they didn't. And they were like, and the fuck out and they invited him. Which I'm like, Damn! He's there and he participates, but nobody says anything about it. Like nobody puts him out the room. Nobody make like forcibly makes him leave or makes him leave at all. Well, because he's with he's Kevin. there. Yeah, like he's there, and nobody makes a big deal out of it. Like mm-hmm. other than saying, "Why did y'all invite him?" Nobody puts him out the room. So right. 
that's why I was like, wait. So, what is what's what's happening? Right. Like, I think I don't know. Kids are so like weird. Not weird, but like it's all like sort of it's it's like innocent, but then it's also like what are y'all doing? <laughs> but like I don't know. Um, because it wasn't like it wasn't like he was like watching them or whatever. I actually don't know why he went to that room. So it wasn't like creepy, but it was kind of like the thing that kids do because they're just like they're comparing dicks. Just so like, I don't know, because on one hand, it's like, oh, wow, that's kind of like, is it young? And it wasn't like it was anything like weird in the scene. No, yeah, that seems normal. Normal. Yes. I mean, people, I mean, girls compare boobs. Yeah, that like, (laughs) like, I would assume that's normal. I think. Okay, so. I think what it is really because I just like light bulb duh. Um, maybe it's because it's like something more masculine than like you're literally comparing dicks, <laughs> and like there is a big theme of like masculinity in this movie and and kind of going like back and forth between um, being masculine and what that means and being vulnerable and what that means. So maybe it's like kind of like that in a way, like kids like learn masculinity um, in like the weirdest ways. And like, I think in ways that we wouldn't necessarily assume that they're learning, but you know, little sponges and stuff. Um, But maybe it's something like that. Like you're all kind of, it's, it's like a thing that like men do or whatever. I guess, I mean, hey, do y'all compare y'all dicks to each other in the bathroom? I don't... (laughs) I would honestly not be surprised. Do y'all? I mean, is that something that y'all do? Is that something that has happened? (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. I honestly would not be surprised. I I would not be surprised. Shit, I don't know. Even though people would be like, nah, but I bet you they do. I bet you they do. I mean, like, it's like, yeah, like, when you're in, like, what, fifth grade? Like, yeah, I wear, <laughs> I'm wearing a training bra right now. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, I'm wearing a sports bra, bitch. <laughs> like, like, so I guess, I guess that's the same thing. I think this is, like, one of the few moments where he doesn't get fucking put out the room or beat up or yelled at or whatever. This poor baby. This boy been through it. He been through but it. We- we skipped the scene with Juan and Little at the beach. No, It was so cute. It was so nice. Um, I don't think... Yeah, like, Little doesn't know how to swim, even though he lives near the beach. Um, and Juan teaches him, and he helps him to float. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm having flashbacks again because I remember going to the pool with my grandma, and she helped me float around the pool. I was like, and I fell asleep, like, in her arms, because I was, like, just sitting there, like, laying there, and she just guided me around the pool, and I was like, "Uh and he was like, oh, you're in the middle of the world, man, he's like, I'm not gonna let you drown, I'm not gonna let you drown, Mm. I'm like, the trust he needs, (laughs) this is so great, oh, it was so sweet, I love this scene so much, and He's starting to talk about, um, like, Juan is telling him, like, you know, I was, I'm Cuban, and, you know, there's Cuban people, or there's black people in Cuba, like, there's black people everywhere, don't, like, don't forget that, um, <laughs> and, 
and you also like you know you're gonna decide your own identity you can't let anybody like make the decision for you and then he brings little back to his mom's house and his mom is pissed but his mom is pissed for two reasons i think one because like who is this guy hanging out with my son or whatever especially like you're a drug dealer out here like but then also his mom is definitely on that rock yeah this is where she's starting to get a little well, turned out a little bit. Not turned out, bitch. I mean, a little. Well, yeah, it's not her. It's not just her. It's like her and like some dude. Yeah. We find out like what his deal is or whatever. Um, he just be like, "Hey, little man, what's up?" Ugh, I, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you doing? How's school today? I fucking hate you like an animal, but I'm just be talking to you. Like, bitch, get away. Go away. Hey, little man. How your day you going? Hey, my name's Tyrone. What's up? <laughs> Tyrone, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm your mama friend. What's up? Um, Later in another scene, I guess Juan is going to check up on business again. Um, yeah. And he's sitting up there. Girl, why was some dude arguing with, like, the drug dealer? And he was like, grade A. Nigga, this is, like, some grade C. (laughs) I was like, I'm not supposed to find that funny. But I find it funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Serious face. Um, and so he's like, oh, who is that lighting up in front of, like, the apartments? I guess, I don't know what's the deal with these apartments. Like, it's the same apartments that, like, Little was in, I feel like. But I don't know, like, because he was like, are you letting people, like, light up in there? And the dude's like, nah. But I'm like, well, why? There's definitely vials in there. So who's somebody doing something in that apartment? I mean, it could be, like. It could secretly be like, oh, what's that movie with Wesley Snipes? New Jack City, where they had, like, the apartment complex that was just, like, um, a a place where you could just go and hang out, you know, smoke your little crack, have a little fun, go about your day. So it could be like that. Why do you think it sound like a lounge, like a wee work or like a wing or whatever? I mean, you know, it could be just a place. Stop. <laughs> I don't know, but I guess they don't want people in there, which is good because like you, I mean, shit happens with like abandoned billions and stuff. But um, he goes into the car or he goes and walks by this car and he sees his little mom and that random nigga <laughs> again. And I was like, not this man got her smoking this rock. <sighs> he did. And, and, first of all. and he tried to grab her out the car and be like, hey, what you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing voices now. Hey, oh, what okay. you doing here? Okay, and voice she like, acting. mind your business, basically. Uh-huh. And, then, <laughs> and then he like, you need to be worried about your son. And she's like, get into mind your business. And she then was he's literally like, like, are you going to keep selling me rocks then? Ah! She's like, she's 
<laughs> she's like, you go raise him. And she's like, you gonna keep selling me rocks? And I was like, oh. I was like, that's a comeback, bitch. But I was like, damn. That means you ruining this poor child's life. It's like that that voice or X Factor gif with uh, Diddy and that contestant when they're just staring <laughs> at, at each other. Him, like to the side, like, <laughs> okay, and bitch. That's what they were staring at each other like. And then she just got mad and she's like, let's go. Oh, man. And she stormed off and got in the car with Tyrone. <laughs> I mean, she she got in his ass about it because he was like, I mean, first of all, you can't tell me what to do. This is my baby. But then also, like, again, it's like, yeah, you taking care of, like, I mean, you really, I mean, she's pissed because he's trying to, like, take care, not t- trying to take care, but, like, he is in this kid's life, but also he is doing something that is harmful and, like, I mean, I feel like she knows that because I don't know, like, we never find out her reasoning for it, but she clearly is like, you can't tell me shit to do. Like, you can't tell me what to do with my baby when you out here selling me drugs, bruh, indirectly. Because he's not selling to her directly, but he is facilitating the whole, like, operation all in that block. So, like, what are you going to tell this woman? Yeah. And Juan really can't provide any answers either. It was a face crack. Not gonna lie. He was just looking crack. at it like, uh, uh, I mean, you right. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. So after that, we see this scene. This scene gave me in the mood for love. And I think we even like, I think we kind of referenced it in our little, um, our episode announcement or whatever, where she's in the hallway. And she and just like, mugging the fuck out of her son. Oh, it looks so scary. I was like, oh, can you imagine your mama looking at you like that? Like, and you ain't do nothing. She just come home and she mad at you. You just existed. Yeah, you ain't done shit to nobody. And then it's all um, instrumental. There's no like actual voice over anything and all of a sudden she just fucking just yell, lets out this like yell which I think what in the end is like don't look at me or something yes so yeah. like one time I like one time I watched it I figured out it was don't look at me but one time I watched it I was trying to figure out did she yell something at him to right make him question something that comes up in the later scene Right, like in the very next scene. Mm-hmm. I felt that's what I felt like it was at first. Um, but one thing that I do commend Paula on is she knows that she has a queer son. Like she knows that her son is gay mm-hmm. or queer because he like we find out that you don't really find out much beyond this because the movie doesn't really lend toward anything else beyond a certain point um but she doesn't really judge him like she doesn't put him down for it she doesn't care she really doesn't care that we can see but i feel like she does things to him that makes him feel inadequate because he is gay because she knows he's gay how so 
I feel like just the way that she, like in this scene when she yells at him and stuff like that, and we don't know like the context of it, but it is directly after when she tells Juan, like, do you want to tell him why the kids make fun of him and that he walks weird and all this stuff. So I feel like that goes into the frustration because we don't see it on screen, but um, I feel like it comes into play. I can't imagine it not coming into play. Because she's not like, oh, yeah, you're all right, or whatever. Like, she's really, like, in, we never see, like, her, her like, express this, like, directly to him or whatever. But I just, I can't imagine him living in that house and not getting something from his mother directly or indirectly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. I feel like maybe it's in deleted scenes or something. I don't know. I don't, I've never seen any deleted scenes of this. I haven't either. So I don't know. But I, 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 from the way it makes it seem too, like, because they both, like, um, Barry and uh, McCraney both were like, they didn't really have, like, very positive relationships with their mothers. So I, um, and we never mentioned it. Like, Barry's straight, but McCraney's gay. So. I think a lot of the, the gay storyline is from his perspective, but I can't, I really can't imagine him. I really cannot imagine him having such a rocky relationship with his mom, uh, even with the drug use or without the drug use, without that kind of coming into play at one point or another. Mm. Yeah. Because you, I feel like if it's something that you already feel self-conscious about, if you feel like people are kind of cluing into something about you that you don't recognize yourself quite yet. I feel like, you know, like you just have that feeling like in the back of your head or something like something's off and people can tell. And she's his mother and she's with the times that she is with him. Like they live in the same house, even if she might be out or at work or whatever. Like, I feel like I could, I, I couldn't imagine him. I couldn't imagine her not saying something to him at one point or another. Hmm. Paula ain't getting no condemnation. Or she ain't she ain't getting no props from me shit. No, she's a fucking terrible mother. <laughs> like, she's terrible. <laughs> she's not good. She, uh, I would say, I can't even say she try. Because. I just feel like she would look at him with contempt. Like, have you ever seen, like, a mother look at you like that? That would fucking freak me out. Yeah. I don't... That can't just be like, oh, get away from me because you're annoying me or whatever. That's genuine, like, disgust. That's hate. Contempt. Yeah. I feel like we need more Paula backstory because she hates Sharon for some reason, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. She does. And it, I mean, I don't know if it's like heightened by the drug use, probably, but yeah, some, some going on, right? So, um, but yeah, you we mentioned the scene that's next, which is um, where he goes back to Juan and Teresa's house. He asks about like why, like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> he asks about. Um, you know, about, like, why this slur, like, what is this slur? What does it mean? And and Juan says this like, word used to make gay people feel bad, and he asks if I am this slur, and he's like, uh, no, but, like, you don't have to let anybody call you that, which was kind of a weird, like, thing, 
like a little weird look between him and Teresa in that moment. I was trying to figure out what that was about. I was like, I was like, was this this one kind of like straying off into like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Bring it back. <laughs> it's like kind of like, you know, like keep it, keep it cute because this is like a young child or whatever. Um, because he's like, it's not a bad thing to be. He's just like, you don't have to let anybody like demean you or whatever. Um, and they also bond on the fact that uh, Chiron says like he hates his mom and Juan said he hated his mom too. So they have that in common. Um, so the home life is really not good. And then the big thing happens. He asks Juan if he sells drugs and does his mom do drugs? Mm-hmm. It's like, damn. And Juan didn't lie to him. He said, yeah. And he gets up and leaves. Yeah. I was like, damn this baby and damn this conversation. But one thing I do admire, Juan, like the conversation about uh, Sharon's or Little's sexuality. He mm-hmm. he told him he don't he doesn't have to figure it out now. He has time. That was something that I assume this movie that part of the movie took place in the nineties. Uh, I feel like it did. Um, that was something that I didn't expect to hear. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I didn't expect to hear that in the 90s. Like, for the setting, I didn't expect that kind of reaction. I don't think anybody would say that. Because usually people will be like, oh, don't you want to play with these toys? Don't you want to do this? Don't you want to look at a Playboy? Don't you want to... Like, I'm like, why are y'all doing that? So, I mean, they're like children. Like, calm down. Like, let them figure shit out. Yeah. It gets, it's like immediately... I mean, there's like people do that, especially parents and stuff or like older family figures will be like, they'll take it upon themselves to like immediately try to correct this behavior that they see is odd, even if they won't immediately or outwardly say that it's odd. Like you see that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's gross and yeah. weird. Yeah, it's very common. It's like almost like like it's like so ingrained in people's cultures, not just like black culture, but like in general, especially like American culture, I guess, in general, where like boys do this stuff, girls do that stuff. If you step out for any reason out of the, those lanes that that people are in like it's weird and we have to correct that like immediately people get beat for that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. and like it's like it's really really ridiculous how how intense people get about it but it's also like it's almost like um I feel very sociology class here, but like it, it is kind of like jarring to see people take it upon themselves to do stuff like that but I actually have um, an old creative director whose son loved princess shit, loved like um, like dolls and stuff, and he actually would buy him dolls and stuff. Hmm. And this is fairly recent, so like this is like you know new 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 generation, I guess. But like um, that was kind of that was like the first time I ever seen that. Like somebody be like, yeah, okay, you want a doll toy? Go have it. I mean, I, I'm not a parent. I 
don't know if I'll be a parent or if I'm ready to be a parent. Listen, not um, ease of apocalypse <laughs> times. Fuck no. <laughs> um, but I really don't give a shit. Like, if my child wants to play with whatever, I don't give a shit. I'll let them play with whatever because it's all about their happiness. Like, I don't care. I literally don't care. Whatever my child wants to do, I'll let them do with the exception of a couple things because I don't want my kids running wild, running a while around being wild. Um, you got to have boundaries, but if my child is happy, that's all I want. Like I do not care about a lot of different things. Um, but like if my son wants to play with a, a doll, if my daughter wants to play with a truck, I don't give a fuck. Whatever, it's a toy. It doesn't matter. None of this stuff matters. And we're yeah, and we're talking more like ephemeral things, like physical things, but like his kind of like his like personality too. I think people, um, which I don't think anybody tries to correct him. I mean, besides like beating the shit out of him, that's usually what the kids will do. And then his mom fucking hates him. And he doesn't really, honestly, he doesn't really have much of a personality. Yeah, he's so like quiet, quiet and doesn't and shy. do anything. I was like, this child don't do nothing to nobody. He doesn't do anything. He just tries to literally fit in. Yeah. And half the time you can see like he's so like, he's so like skittish almost. Like not that he's like running around and stuff, but he's just kind of like observant. Because I'm sure like if he said the wrong thing or if he opened his mouth, somebody would like clown him for something. He's like, this kid don't do nothing. Let the boy live. Just let him do him. Let him do him. So this leads into the second part, which is Chiron. I guess we never mentioned the the first part was called Little, but I mean, if you watched it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So now um, Chiron is in high school. He's in science class. There's a dude named Terrell. (sighs) Bullies him. Terrell. Terrell. And he calls him little and he says, I don't like to be called little anymore. And um, he still like to go home at all. I think at one point, Terrell's like, I'm waiting for you outside at five o'clock or three o'clock. Whatever kids, when do kids go to school? (laughs) Three o'clock? Not no damn five o'clock. That's a job. I got school at four. (laughs) It's probably like two thirty. I used to get out at like noon, but that's a different thing. The fuck? I got school super late, okay? We got school late. I don't know what that was about. We also started later, I guess. So, I don't know. I guess it bounced out. But, um, so, yeah, basically, he waiting for him after school. And then he's, like, watching him outside, like, the, he's, watch, like, Chiron's watching this outside, um, or, like, in the hallway through, like, the windows. And all of a sudden, here comes Kevin, which I didn't realize it was Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the same this is the same kid, which is played by Gerald Jerome. Shout out to him. I will probably never ever get to well, not get to. I probably will never watch when they see us. I can't do it. I can't. I just I my nerves afraid already. Yeah, I can't watch it. Like it's it seems like a lot. And I hope he gets whatever accolades he deserves. I'm sure he deserves many, but I'm like my chest. Yeah, it's a lot. And you know the person who is the president now 
contributed to them being in jail. So keep that in mind if you listen to this podcast. He's a raggedy bitch. If you listen to us, you should know that he's a raggedy bitch. I feel like our demographic knows that the president's (laughs) a raggedy raggedy bitch. bitch. I feel like the uh, so you know FBI agent bitch he's raggedy so <laughs> so yeah I don't think there's any question unless there's like some secret people you know there's like somebody who follows me on Twitter talking about I follow um far left and far right people and I was like oh hell no don't no. like don't do oh Madeline or whatever the fuck your name is get the fuck. <laughs> So, you know, if there's any one of y'all out there, we don't like the president. Um, <laughs> so, uh, once we get, like, carted away or some shit. So, <laughs> it'd be like, I'm sorry. It's only a, it's only a I keep picturing that Cuba couldn't shoot me. <laughs> Just a smile on my face getting arrested. Like, yeah, bitch, I said it. <laughs> so... Anyway, here comes Kevin, and this is so much, and Barry mentions this in one of the interviews I watched. Kevin is doing a fuckload of bragging. I think he gets, like, detention or something. Yeah. He he gets in trouble because he was, like, having sex in the stairwell. Yeah, she in the stairwell. She like, hey, Kevin, man. Hey, Kevin, I was just trying to get some head in the stairwell. And she's like, hey, Kev, hit that shit, Kev. Hey, Kev, hit that shit with that big dick, Kev. Oh, my God. Hit that shit, Kev, with that big dick. Oh, my God. I just woke up the dog. Bella's like in here like shut girl shut up (laughs) she's so upset but yeah it was so much and um, machismo but Barry talks about how like the kids in this movie at least the characters in this movie are kind of like playing roles um, various roles to like assert masculinity in a lot of ways, and so, um, and Kevin plays, like, more than one role, because later on down the line, um, but in this scene, it's, like, that silver, like, overly, like, overcompensating, and kind of doing it, like, I'm, like, do y'all even talk, like, you just came up to him and started talking about some girl sucking your dick in the hallway, like, do y'all even speak to each other like it's like if somebody came up to me from high school like right now and came up to me and was like yeah so i fucked this hello hi i are you having a good day like (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know you why are you talking to me about this and like they could be like they do say hi to each other in hallway or whatever but i feel like you know once junior high and high school hit them them uh separations between like friends is hard it's real too like people you would think you would be friends with like real tight y'all go in different directions like i think he, this is when he calls him black too yeah he gives him the nickname of black which i was thinking i never considered it before i was like i wonder how he felt i mean because he asked him about the nickname later. But I was like, I wonder how he felt about that. This light-skinned dude called him black. <laughs> like, you gotta get your light-skinned ass on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
after school, I guess he waits it out enough. He goes home. And his mom says he can't come home. She is a mess at this point. Um, yeah, she been. I didn't realize she, she was like doing sex work at this point. She was? That's what it said in the in like in my research. Really? Like when I was poking around, and I was like, "Wait, I okay." Because she was like, "You got to go home, or you can't come home. You got, I got company coming." Which usually you just be like, "Oh, I got a boyfriend or something coming over." I'm like, "Ugh, which people are raggedy for that shit." But like, um, yeah, I just thought it was like you got a fake uncle coming over. Yeah, but we never see who that person is. Mm. And so I was like, damn, wait, was she actually like out here like like that? Because like we never see it or whatever. We never see that part. I was like, it kind of checks out. I mean, it tracks. Yeah. I'm like, damn, 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 damn. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he leaves. He goes to Juan and Teresa's house. Um, Juan is... No longer among us. Mm-hmm. Which we never find out what happened. Um, I assume it's like a drug thing. I assume that he just fell asleep. That's just a nice romantic way of putting it. I mean, for me. <laughs> I definitely was like, damn, somebody shot this man. <laughs> Actually, like, he got shot up, me he just went, he just took a nap. I mean, you never know. It could have been like something on, like he went on the block one day and some shit went down. Like maybe he had an Elvis situation, Ashley. The fuck? Where he just went and. <laughs> maybe he died on the toilet like Elvis, Ashley. Wait, wasn't Elvis on drugs then? I, I mean, probably. But Elvis had like a heart attack on the toilet. I'm sure that was from drugs. <laughs> I'm almost positive. They never say what it is that that happened to Juan, though. So, um, so yeah, like it is sad, but she's still in the house. So I'm like, I guess she's well taken care of. I don't know. Yeah, and she's he sleeps there. Um, she's very like encouraging to him, like. Like, boy, you need to figure out how to, like, put these sheets on his bed. <laughs> she's kind of, like, not not necessarily tough love, but she's, like, you know, she's very, like, firm. She's, like, you know, don't hang your head down in my house. Like, look up and, like, you know, see what your back straight. Um, And then he has a dream about Kevin uh, fucking some girl in the side yard. I do not remember this scene at all. And it, it's very uh, like well shot. It's very lush. It's like by mm-hmm. the beach. It's a lot of yeah. You hear waves and plants. Stuff. It's like blue and green. Mm-hmm. And the lighting is great. It's him fucking his girl. Mm-hmm. Not sh- it's Kevin fucking girl. Not Sharon. No, Chiron's like watching, and he's like, "Hey, Black, you good?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, he like woke up, and I guess he—it was a wet dream. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was. Wet dream. Yeah. So, um, he ends up going back home, and this scene is also one of those like 
we're looking through like the character's eyes because his mom comes up to him and like it's so weird like the progression of like how she looked because at first she looked like not like put together but she looked like you know her she looked okay and then she's like asking him um for like money and stuff or like no first she's first she says like why didn't you come home last night and he was like you told me not to come home you, you said not to come home and then as the scene progresses, like, there's kind of, like, some, like, kind of cuts and stuff. But then, like, her hair gets, like, more disheveled. Her skin looks starts looking kind of crazy. Her teeth look starting crazy. And I was like, damn. I'm like, is this him kind of, like, having where you kind of see, like, the idealized version of, of somebody? Not idealized because she still looks a mess. But, like, like you're kind of seeing as she could be. And then you kind of focusing in. You're like, oh, the reality is... Shit is not good. Mm. Mm. I was very confused. I was like, damn, like her, because at first like, I was like, her skin looks fine. Like she looks kind of like, like normal-ish. And then like you see like her skin looks kind of splotchy in places, which side note, I told Brittany this the other day, but I want to tell everybody else. I don't know if everybody knows, but I love, you know, dropping facts or whatever. The makeup the head of makeup on this movie also did If Beale Street Can Talk and also did Euphoria. Yes. yes. We looked at her resume. Yes. And she fucking did that. She did all of it. She, she did. Has, she has really good. Let me find her name. Cause, um, is Daniela? Daniela? I think it's Daniela Dave, Davey. I had it saved on my phone for inspiration. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the makeup looks on Euphoria. We've all been talking about them. I love them to death. Um, I was also struck that she was a white woman. Cause um, sometimes man, not sometimes, most times man. It's it okay. So to be a dark skinned woman like myself. No, be, stop, stop To now. be a brown skin girl. <laughs> Brittany is like a, like a medium tone black girl. Me and Brittany are like the same damn color. <laughs> I mean, we're not dark and we're not light. We brown. We brown skin girls. Okay, stop. we brown. But at the same time, if you go into a Sephora, the people who work there will have fucked up. They're just um, trying to make you look red or yellow. Like, I'm more yellow, but people always suggest, like, red. Yeah, like, it's hard. It's hard out here. It is mm-hmm. hard. If you go into I mean, a you Mac, you NC50 you know. or NW45, that's oh the only God, two the colors you got. <laughs> everybody thought they were 45 for the longest, I'm pretty sure, because everybody kept suggesting it to them. <laughs> that's the only two colors you got. But the work that she did... Or especially Bill Street could talk like, yeah. There are so many close-ups of the characters' faces in that movie, and they it, look so good. They look like they're gorgeous. lit from like the inside out. It was gorgeous. Oh my god, they're so good looking. God damn it. Um, but yeah, everybody's makeup looks good. She, I don't know if she was. Um, I mean, this was like a small production. It's not like a, you know, a multi-million dollar deal or whatever. Um, 
So I don't know because some people, like, not every, like, she's, like, the head of the makeup department in this film. Uh, I, I mean, I think in this movie I would assume that she was probably doing the, the makeup hands-on. Maybe she had, like, a small team with her. But their team but, did great work. Yeah, because usually it would be, like, like you know, like, somebody's head of the department, they delegate or something. I feel like, um, because especially if you have, like, a large cast, like, you're not going to have, like, one person doing all the makeup. Not if you want to get some th- uh, something shot that day. <laughs> and she, you know, like, if you go on her website, you can see, like, you can, um, she's got, like, a lot of special effects makeup. She's good. Mm-hmm. And she does, like, a lot of the aging makeup for, like, Paula. Mm-hmm. And everything, and it's really good. And it, I mean, for anything, any shade lighter than tan, it's hard to get right. Yeah, and you also have too, like how um, film is processed and that kind of thing, because like everybody, I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna say like everybody knows, but like film is notorious for not being very kind to like brown skin tones. Um, for various uh, reasons. So, you know, you have that sometimes working against you too. Lighting. Some people don't know your lighting at all. So you'd be having people look just ashy or just not in frame. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, just have it together. But, you know, shout out to Daniela. Like, you did that shit, girl. I have no choice but to stand. Um, the scene with his mother, she is asking for money, um, and also saying like, you know, I'm your blood and did Teresa give you money, which apparently Teresa does give him money, um, whenever he stays over. And so he's asking, like, she's all on his face and like, um, I feel like she's jealous of Teresa in his relationship? For sure. She is definitely jealous. Right. She's like, don't let, you know, don't forget that, like, I'm your mother and she's not. And um, he's just so upset when he, like, takes her money, like, when she takes the money from him and stuff. Um, because she's not really doing anything to help him. She she doesn't get her boy shit. She yeah. She, I mean, I I I understand why she can't. Like mm-hmm. she she has a drug addiction. That is it's a disease. Right. She's she's going through it. She is going through it. Right. She can't do for her son like she needs to do for her son. Mm-hmm. Um, Chiron is raising himself. He's doing it all on his own. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to watch all around. Um, and you, you but it's also a little hard to sympathize with her when you go back to like the scenes in the previous segment when you see how much she hates her son and how she treats him. And you at a certain point, I don't at a certain point you don't know if that's like her addiction speaking or if it's really her speaking. Yeah, she has, like, a lot of, like, resentment and kind of anger and, like, hostility towards Teresa. 
Um, which I don't even know if they, I mean, obviously they have met at one point, I would think for her to know. Cause in the earlier scenes, like they, they did meet, but I guess like sometime between them, they, they might've maybe at one's funeral. I don't know. But, um, which I don't actually, I don't know. Would she go to his funeral? I don't know. I don't think she would, but, um, but yeah, like it's, it's a lot. This scene was a lot. Yeah. She's like, aren't you going to go to school? And he was like, I just got home. Like, I don't even know if he had changed his clothes. No, he he did not. I'm sure he showered at Teresa's house. I feel like he did. But then also he was wearing the same clothes that he was wearing the day before. And you know what? If you do that shit at school, they will clown you. Yeah. So just bad all around. And she like takes his money and pushes, basically takes his money and pushes him out the door. Mm Mm-hmm. And makes him go to school. Yeah, and he's walking to school, and here comes Terrell again. And, um, like, two of his friends, and they're insulting Teresa and talking about... Like, we, this is when we actually hear a little bit about one, like, a very brief moment about how there was a funeral, and then, like, oh, I guess... What are you trying to say? Like, Teresa was, like... Like, what's... It was some sexual joke. I don't remember, like, the exact words. But it was a lot. And um, he tries to, like, stand up for himself. And they they basically, like, him his ass up. And I was like, damn. Even when you try. Because, you know, adults will be like, you know, you got to stand up for yourself. It's like. He's powerless. The boy is powerless. Um, They even make fun of his pants. I was like, damn. He 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 be trying. Mm-hmm. They like talk about how tight his pants they are. Pants is I guess at this point in time I assume it's like two thousand five. <laughs> I don't know two thousand four two thousand five. So I mean nobody has a cell phone so I don't know. It's it's like it's hard to tell when the movie takes place. Right. Um, but everybody else is wearing like relaxed fit pants and Sharon is wearing more slim fit pants. It's just like how it is when like everybody else has a certain style because they can afford to wear those clothes and somehow they, you know, if they can afford them, if they boost them, like whatever, but they got the clothes that are popular um for whatever era and then you always like the, the there's always like the one kid who can't afford it for whatever reason and it's immediately recognizable and it's always usually tight pants you know how it's like when you like you grow up like if you're having a growth spurt and like your like clothes get too tiny or too short or whatever i had so many pairs of pants that were too short mama like, you can't wear those <laughs> I mean, I I have always been a petite queen, so I have I never also, I too am experienced queen. that. You never had like a little bit of a gross part, like when you were a kid. You must have, otherwise, bitch, you'd be like four feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow there was some growth. <laughs> <laughs> You just didn't keep growing. That happens sometimes. Um, Could I definitely stop growing like in seventh grade. <laughs> I don't recall a time 
<laughs> when I my pants started to flood a little bit, um, I guess I just stopped at a certain point. Stopped but even at, if- <laughs> at five eight because I'm five eight now. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody who's listening to this episode is gonna get a real kick out of that. <laughs> You know how tall I am at five eight. Um, <laughs> Did you just be out here lying? <laughs> so, free, so freely and effortlessly. Um. So yeah, they they talk about this boy's clothes. They talk about this boy's mama, how she smoked crack and sucked dick and shit. Right. It's all bad. And they say it, they're saying it to his face. They're saying it right to his face. And it's, he should beat the ass, but it's too many of them to do that. But he can't. Yeah. He's not like probably physically able. No. He's also outnumbered. Yeah. And other people don't like him. So he don't really have nobody to like jump in. No. And so, so he just he's on like, his own. He goes home, or <sighs> like he tries to like just go about his day. I and, yeah, and I love this scene that comes after. I think this is after where like he's standing. Um, like at the metro, which I didn't know Miami had a metro. I was like, oh, Miami has a metro. That's news because y'all never talk about it. <laughs> But, um, because we don't have one in, like, Florida or, like, Tampa or anything. Like, we have a bus system and that's it. But, um, I love this thing with, like, the sign blinking in the background. I don't know why. It just gave me very good, like, ooh, the atmosphere. (laughs) And I think he rides the train until it, like, until he has to get off. Like, it's the last train. Yeah. And then he ends up finding his... I know. He ends up finding his way to the beach. And he just goes to sit at the beach to think and ponder over life like mm-hmm. one does. Mm-hmm. Like us Aquarians do. He's Okay. Okay. Sharon is an Aquarius, okay? This okay. is how I it want, is. I like, a detailed write-up of all these things. Okay. I'll tell you why. I will make a Twitter thread about why Sharon is an Aquarius and Kevin is is what is Kevin? Give me a minute, and I'll come up what Kevin is. Okay, okay. So you, this makes a good segue. Kevin comes at out of nowhere, and I'm like, damn, this thing is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm like Miami's a big fucking city. Um, and he likes to smoke out there at the water. I was like, you know what? I mean, okay, good place. Um. And he, uh, Sharon asked about his nickname. He was like, why, what kind of dude goes around giving other dudes nicknames? I was like, men need friends. Men don't know how to have friends. Like, healthy friendships in men don't mix. That's why I said, when we did our, like, our, um, our Magic Mike episode, I was like, do y'all like, what do y'all do? I, we don't know. We still don't know. Play 2K. Sound off in the comments. <laughs> like, <laughs> let us know. Let's have like a 
like a National Geographic study <laughs> of men in in the in their natural habitats or whatever, because we don't we don't know what y'all be doing. But I just felt bad for him because I was like, I mean, a dude giving another dude a nickname doesn't seem that bad. But I guess like in this in his environment and stuff, it it any sort of affection from a dude to another dude is kind of like weird. Or at least negative. Yeah. Like in a peer-to-peer situation. So he's like, I mean, he doesn't have any friends anyway. So like, <laughs> like he just doesn't know. And um, I think what does Kevin say? He was like, the kind of nigga that's going to smoke this blunt. <laughs> uh, this part was so, oh God, it was such an offhand comment, but it made me so like, I was like, oh, my heart. When... Uh, he actually like smokes and, and whatever. He like takes a hit and Kevin's like, oh damn, I didn't know you smoke like that. And he's like, yeah, my mom leaves all kinds of stuff lying around. And I was like, Shalom, please don't tell me you just sampling whatever your mama got on her table. Oh, poor baby. I was like, the, not the baby medicating himself and stuff. I was like, oh, what have you, there's no telling. <laughs> there's no telling what he's had. Oh, baby. Oh, my God. Um, so they start talking about, like, the breeze. And um, and Kevin mentions, like, oh, it makes you want to cry. It feels so good. Like, you get, catch a breeze in the hood. And Sharon's like, you cry? And I was like, yes. Talk about crying. You motherfuckers need to cry more. <laughs> <laughs> Not Sharon. Sharon's an angel. But, like... Cry, cry, damn it. And um and he was like, I forgot what he said. What did he say? He was like, sometimes I cry so much I feel like I'm just gonna like like turn into a puddle or something like that. Like basically he's I, like, I think that's something that like close to what he said. Yeah, we paraphrasing out here, but he is just just a a a walking bottle of emotions and anxiety. And stress. Just like, ugh, this poor baby. And then, like, something in this scene, like, switches. And, like, Kevin's got his, like, arm around him. And he, like, starts, like, caressing his cheek or something. And I was like, I'm so glad. Because if he had denied, like, he kind of leans in or whatever. And I was like, if Kevin denied him in this moment, I'd ha- I think I'd have to turn the movie off. Yeah, it, I wasn't, the first time I watched this, I was like, What's happening? I was um, worried. I was worried he was going to get Please don't let this go left. Like, please do not let this go left. Because I cannot handle it if it goes left. Like, this has to be reciprocated. Like, it I has to be. Thought he was I will punch my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously thought he was going to get jumped. Oh, God. I was, like, worried. I was, like, no. So much bad. So many bad things he's happening to this boy. Like, let him live. But no, it's a good, it, it, it's like reciprocated. And they have like a little moment. They make out a little bit. Um, you know, Kevin takes, you know, he takes control of the situation. And uh, this is shot so well. And Barry talks about it um, in, in my, like, the interview that I watched, which I think I have to link it because I keep referring to it. But um, he was like really kind of like worried at first because 
He's like, I'm a straight guy. I'm telling the story. This is like the scene, like a pivotal scene in the movie. He's like, this is like the most important scene. Like I had to get it right. And he had to like kind of explain it to Drell a little bit. Um, actually kind of let him figure it out because he was like, you know, um, like, is this Chiron's like first time kissing a guy? Is this Kevin's first time? Cause he's like, this is not Kevin's first time kissing a guy. And it's not, um, it's definitely Chiron's first time kissing a guy, but it's also Chiron's first time kissing anybody. Like, this is his first time somebody's, like, treated him, like, with affection, like, physical affection, probably, since he was, like, a very small child. But, like, also, like, this is his first time doing anything. It's a big deal. Yeah. Hmm. I did like I he was kind of worried and very did say you know he was very worried about this scene like getting it right which I think it was good how he did it because it's not it's like you get um it's like shot from behind the water is like pitch black so it looks like they're just kind of like in the void <laughs> and like you see like different like part like he grabs the sand a little bit and I was like this is so great this child being loved someone loved this baby this this young man he's been through it he's been through it but yeah it's like really quick it's a quick scene um it's so beautiful i love it it is and i mean my only thing was like kevin wipes his hand in the sand and i was like i mean what else are you gonna do with it Brittany? i mean yeah but like what do you want to do? You want to wash his hands? You, you Brittany wanted him to bust up the hand sanitizer and go dunk his hands and in like the go water. dip your hands in the ocean, like cause it's it's gonna get more sandy. <laughs> you have more sand in your hand if you wipe it in the sand. <laughs> it's a natural exfoliant, Brittany. I mean, I hate the beach, so. <laughs> Brittany's like, I do not go to public places. <laughs> I'm like, it's the beach. Sand gets everywhere. And it you're does. Right. I'm like, it does. just go dip it in. Go dip it in the ocean. Can you imagine the fucking spell being broken? Like, Brittany being like, okay, I gotta go wipe my hands off now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> gotta go dip it. <laughs> Give me two seconds. I'll be right back. That's how, that's how Brittany would like. BRB. Brittany, if this is Brittany in this scene, and you'd be like, okay, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> I gotta go to my hand and ocean. Gotta go over my toe. BRB. I have some napkins in my purse just for this. <laughs> <laughs> I have so more wet wipes. No, not wet wipes, bitch. <laughs> gotta stay for here. Got some wet wipes. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Which is so funny. Actually, that you mentioned that because, like, when he drops him off, like, Kevin drops him off at home, and, like, they kind of, like, dap each other up or whatever. <laughs> and he kind of looks at his hand, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. You just did dap him up with the hand that you jacked him off with. It's fine. <laughs> Because it's, it's full of sand, that's why. 
That's what we're about to do. It's That's what full it was. of sand. That's what it was. It's full of sand. That's exactly what, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's full and of sand. I think, <laughs> I think his mom was like passed out in the house when he comes in and like he just gets like dropped back down to reality. Yeah, he, the probably like a highlight of his life. Yes. And then he has to go back and deal with his actual life. Yeah, which she's like, oh, you don't love me no more. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, no, this poor child, the guilt, the gaslighting. Like, it's not her fault, but it's not his fault. It's just all a mess. It is all a mess. I just, you feel bad. So the next scene, because kids are evil, <laughs> Terrell comes up to Kevin and he's like, "You should, remember that game you used to play, knock down, stay down? And I was like, what kind of game is this? And he's like, oh yeah, you used to beat the shit out of people, right? And I'm like, boys are so much. <laughs> boys are so much. And I was like, damn, it's going to be Chiron in it. And it is. He's like, hey, go knock this nigga out. And he, um, he hit the shit out of Chiron, like, three times. But he was trying, he was trying to save his man. He was, he was like, stay down, like, don't get up. Because every time you, if he kept getting up, you're supposed to hit him until they stay down. He was trying to help him. Chiron was trying to, like, I guess stick up for him not stick up for himself but it's kind of like it's very intense because it's all like close-up shots of them like looking at each other and kevin's like please just stay down and he keeps getting back up and then he hits them like one more time and then like terrell and his boys like go and stomp him out i was like what is y'all's problem and they leave this boy alone they do some damage they fuck that boy up they yeah, mess him his up face, his face is all fucked up um, I guess they're working with like a social worker at the school or something because she basically says you need to press charges to stop from happening. Um, which he was like, me and him both were like, girl, no. Nah. <laughs> I was like, that's really not going to happen. And then she makes a comment like if you were a man, like you're act- trying to act like a man if you were a man there before the boys sitting beside you. And I was like, is she trying to say that, that he should have, like, knocked the masses out or what? Or try, try like, real man stand up for the truth. So, real man would have snitched on everybody and made it worse for yourself. I was like, that. I don't know where you learned that, girl. <laughs> I ain't never heard that one. Like, so you want this boy to put himself, like, you see how badly this boy is beating beaten so you want him to make it worse for himself right girl you should know better right especially like if you if you see these kids and stuff and you work in the neighborhood or work in the area like you know that wasn't gonna work like don't if i be passing charges around here because the last thing you want to do is get the police involved oh my god like what are they gonna do hmm you can't have a 24-7, like, fucking cop detail or whatever. Also, his mom is on drugs. <laughs> like, it's not going to work, lady. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's... 
girl. I I did like how the audio kind of dropped out in this scene too when she's talking to him. You kind of see like he kind of like makes up his mind, I guess. Like I think this I think the audio starts to drop out when she's talking to him, but then also um when he goes and like looks at his face in the mirror, like he dunks his face in some water and he's all bloody and stuff. And I think that's when he kind of decided, like, I know what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Which, and I mean, I'm, uh, we on the same team. I mean, hey, <laughs> listen. So he goes to school, right? And with termination, walks directly into that science class, picks up that chair, and knocks that nigga out. <laughs> The first time I saw that, I screamed and cheered at the same time. I, I was so scary. excited. I I was like, yes! Get that nigga! Oh, man. I feel like if this was any other movie, somebody would have got shot. But, like, this is, you know, I guess this is better. This is way better. Um, but I was like, I mean, you just can't keep beating up on people like that. And I expect to get your ass beat at least once. Yeah, you can't be terrorizing folks. Because that's what Terrell was doing. He was making people's lives miserable. miserable. Mostly just Sharon, but probably other folks. Probably other people. He can't be the only boy in that school that they were bothering. No, nobody has that kind of time. You gotta spread it out. You gotta divvy it up. I'm sure he was divvying it up between him and his friends or whatever. So, um, he gets arrested. Terrell's laying there, like, unconscious. And at first I was like, damn, is he dead? I mean, would I be bad? No. No, but I'm also like, shit. I mean, you can't go down for murder. I mean, yeah, good point. Very good point. We don't want, I mean, (laughs) the law does exist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're right. You're right. You just can't be hitting people and, you know, killing people accidentally or on purpose. So, um, and I, I didn't mention this before. There's like a weird, like where the light, where the screen's black, but then there's like these like weird, like kind of flashing, I don't say flashing lights, but like there's these weird shapes on screen. I don't know what it is, but like at one point they were, I feel like they were blue and then now they're red and we see the glow up of the century bitch yes oh my god that squeal (laughs) so then we meet black (laughs) so we're in chapter three we're in black territory hey the thing i wrote in my notes in all caps but this is that texas bitch (laughs) (laughs) yo it's a fucking i mean it's 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 a transformation bruh and apparently trevante uh went up for kevin that would have been weird that was that was the role that he auditioned for, and Barry was like said like when he came in the room, he was like, "Who the fuck? Like this is not this is not right." <laughs> like because just was, like looking at him, and then he said when he was reading like the lines of the part and stuff, he was like, "Oh, 
I know how we can like work this into the story and stuff thing like that. So I was like, oh, okay, good. Cause I was like, him as Kevin was not going to work. Yeah. That's not right. Right. It just doesn't fit like the story at all. Um, but you like need this, this dramatic change to see because, um, Chiron has been in juvenile hall, which I guess, I don't know if it was juvenile hall and they transitioned him into prison. They kind of use those um, terms like back and forth. Because how long can you stay in juvie? Um, Depending. You can stay until you're 18 or 21, depending on the charge. Because I guess he would have been like, I was assuming he was probably like a sophomore or junior in, in high school. Um. So, and, like, once he's, like, in these, like, the last chapter is sort of, like, after he's been released from jail. I don't really know how far, like, how long between that time and when we see him, like, how long it's been since he's been released from jail. But, um, I was like, damn, dude, how long do they keep him in there? Forever. I was worried. I was like, can you keep somebody in juvie that long? But he is in Atlanta. Um, that's where they, like, sent him. He's driving around. He's got, um, like, Juan's, like, dash ornament. He had, like, a crown in his car. So Sharon has that now. And it he sells drugs. Um, he's basically Juan now. But with a gun. And biceps. He does have very large biceps and very wide back. <laughs> and friends. Yeah. Yes, he does have. I don't like when they're just like gold like that. I mean. I like a little, like a little bit of twinkle. I don't know why. It just reminds me of putting like Reese's wrappers on my teeth. Like, it just, I mean, it just they used to be fun. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I don't like it when they cover your whole teeth, maybe. I like the ones where they're kind of, like, more intricate, maybe. That's, like, kind of newfangled shit. That's that new new. He don't have time for that. You know, he's just trying to get shit done. You know what I mean? Like, whoever made mm-hmm. his grill was like, we're just going to put it in there. Here, get the molding done. We'll be here in a couple weeks. <laughs> like... He's fully, like, transitioned to this whole new person. And just like Juan, he's checking in on his employees. Mm-hmm. And he's... he's like, he, the girl, his <laughs> guy was like, yeah, I got this girl. Oh, this guy, like, where the hoe is at? And Trevante, not Trevante, but Sharon's like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I got some girls at the spot. He's like, okay, what's their name? This man said Aphrodisia. <laughs> I was like, niggas are on something else. <laughs> they are something else. And it's like aphrodisia, that's not a real person. <laughs> I was like, that's not a real person at all. He was in Chiron's like, all right, nigga. <laughs> like, I guess. <laughs> but um yeah, he's got like foot soldiers selling drugs on the block. Um can I just say one thing? Trevante Rhodes is like one beautiful shade, one evenly coated shade. <laughs> he is. 
a work of art. Like he is. I guess he used to be a track star. I was like, why are you so big for being a, like? I thought he played football or something. I thought he was a track star. That's what Barry has said. Let me let me Google this. Let's see what my Aquarius girl stop. The <laughs> Aquarius she was here. He was a track and field sprinter, winning a gold medal at the Pan American Junior Athletics Championships in 2009. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Toronto is originally from Louisiana, but he moved to Little Elm when he was 10. Well, we're claiming him. <laughs> <laughs> we're claiming him. But, um, yeah, he was in the 4 um, four by 100 I don't really understand why you'd be so huge if you were a track star, but you know what? That ain't my, you know, I don't know. Do what you got to do. It's fine with me. I love it. And me too, as well. It distracts me from your poetry. <laughs> I mean. No, no, we're not going to, no. <laughs> we're not going to make any asides. That poetry is terrible. That notes app is some bullshit. Please stop using it. I beg of you. I beg of you, sir. You okay. don't. I beg. Ashley. I do not want to be the light. Ashley, you don't want consensual condensation consciousness. Same skin. Oh, shit. Is that supposed to be about sex? I just realized. Um. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Now I'm disgusted. I'm he disgusted. said, "How you make a fire? How you make fire is how you make our son is how you make our sons and daughters be the light." You've been wanting to read his poetry on this fucking show for like two months. Who? When did he post this? Yeah, two months ago. <laughs> so, yeah. She's been plotting y'all and I'm so upset. I'm sorry. Consensual condensation. <laughs> Wait, oh my God, I got this memorized. Let me erase this from my mind. <laughs> Good. You need to just, just, mm-mm. Oh, he was a um he was a track and field star. He okay, so we know about he was track and field, but he tore his ACL. Oh, I think, ooh. I think that's what happened. Cause actually, I actually don't know a lot about like Toronto's like backstory. Um, he fine. Well, besides that, he's fine. But like, cause a lot of people have been talking about him and Ashton Sanders and how. They're not as um, kind of like on the scene as other people. Like, he used to be in Tyler Perry stuff. Who was in Tyler Perry? Trevante. What Tyler Perry? He was on one of Tyler Perry's TV shows, I believe. Oh, oh no. Was that before or after this? Um, Before and during? Um, he was in... If loving you is wrong, which is a soap opera that's uh, written, produced, and directed by Tyler Perry, I've seen some clips. He played like a—I don't want to say like a landscaper, but I think it was a landscaper. But I'm not sure. I don't think this was after Moon. It was not after Moonlight was released, though. 
I'm talking it, about stuff like after, like after the he last, like three years, he has done like everybody knows him from Bird Box. I think. Well, white people finally figured out that he was a Bird Box. That was terrible. But he was in The Predator, I it. which was also terrible. Yeah, um, I didn't watch that either. But he um, he was also briefly in an episode of Westworld, which I didn't know about. Wait, let me uh, open my third eye. And he was remember. like the cow. He was in the very beginning. He's not even seen again. I gotta go back and watch that because you know that's my show. You know that's my show. I'll I'll send you the gift. He's like a cowboy. I don't know if he's a host or if he's. I think he's a. I think he's a visitor. He's like got his shirt off or whatever. It looks really good. But um, yeah. There's been some like discussion about him. I don't really know like what his his goals are or what he's trying to do. He's a poet. Oh, please, Brittany. <laughs> Duh, Ashley. He's, ooh, shit, he's in Westworld with, ooh, shit, with a yeah. cowboy hat on with his titties out. I gotta go watch this episode again. It's the pilot. You see him for like two seconds. I I've seen this episode that like four is, times. That gif is probably longer than the fucking part that he's in. So. I feel like I was lied to by not, even though I've watched this on my own like four times already. But I, w- I wouldn't even bother watching this shit. But um, apparently, I'm looking at a quote right now. He actually talked about the whole role, and he said he didn't really even know he wanted to be an actor until the role. So like until like this role in Moonlight. So I don't know like what his his like his plans are, what he's moving towards, or like. What's going on behind the scenes and stuff? Because I guess people would assume if your movie that you're in wins an Oscar, then is everything Gucci. But it really don't be working out like that for everybody all the time. Sometimes it does and sometimes it does not. And also you could be like, yo, these parts are garbage. I mean, that's what he got so far. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing so much of this because you were just on one today. My God. Okay. Um. So he gets a call from his mama, uh, which he's kind of like, God damn it, why are you bothering me? Also, side note, what did you look at the picture that was on the side of his table, like on his like bedside table? Mm-mm. It was like a woman and a kid. Who the hell is that? I don't know. And I was like, is it Teresa? But it wasn't close enough for me to see. Is it him and his mama? No, it was like a, um, it didn't look like him. Hmm. Because it was like a lighter, not a light skin, but they were like lighter. So I was like, that don't look like them two. It was kind of out of focus though, so I couldn't tell. And I was like, who is this person? Because he still don't like his mama. So like, Mm. Hmm. I, I was very curious about that. So, um, yeah, he keeps getting a call from his mama. He doesn't really hang out with anybody. He works out a lot. Um, and all of a sudden, he gets a call from Kevin. Girl. Like the middle of the fucking night. Girl. This is the most romantical thing like this is 
one of the most annoying yet romantical things. I was say, because I would be like, okay, first of all, I have to beat your ass. <laughs> like, first, like, my initial reaction is, pe- like I told you when we were talking about it, Peppa Pigum, like, don't call me, don't play on my phone at two o'clock in the morning talking about I heard a song and it reminded me of you hang up but for somebody to out of the blue call you say I heard a song and it reminded me of you Hmm. romance romantical people always tell me oh I heard an arctic monkey song and I thought about you (laughs) that's happened to me actually more than once not in this like situation where it's like hashtag romantical. Romantical. But, um, but yeah, that's happened to me more than once. Like, I was like, okay, I'm on brand. Just romantical. It's just romantical. In the morning, like two o'clock in the morning, you go call me, say I heard a song that thought I just thought of you and I had to tell you. <gasps> Barry. Chickens, what are you doing? The romance, also the noise. Stop playing on my fucking phone. It's two o'clock in the morning. The last time I saw you, bitch, uh, you knocked my ass out, and then I got arrested, <laughs> and I went to jail. Yes, for years. <laughs> but did Kevin ever tell it like? I don't. I kind of like zoned out on the conversation because I was caught in the romance of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but did Kevin ever be like, "Yeah, you should come on down next time you're in town"? Or did he? He did say like, "Next time you're in town, you should stop by and we should hang up or catch up or whatever." He was just like, "I'll cook you something." I was like, "Well, <clears throat> start the car," <laughs> and that's what Sharon did. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I think because he actually apologized, which is which is good. Um, at least I think he apologizes. Um, and he says he's a cook. Um, he has to say he kind of alludes to getting like arrested, and I couldn't figure out if it was like 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 a juvenile situation or like a like a real thing. Um, but he's like a short order cook, and. He's like, yeah, come down and I'll cook you something. I'm like, from Atlanta, Miami, <laughs> which is a drive, y'all. I, in my brain, which is not that great, I was like, yeah, that's like a, what, two-hour drive shit? Yeah, It's absolutely not. I did my Google Maps. I'm doing it, it right takes now. nine hours. It's, it's a, a nine-hour drive. drive from Atlanta to Miami. That drive just from Atlanta to Florida is fucking terrible. And then the drive through Florida is long as shit. Nine hours. And I was like, oh, my God. And there's not a whole lot there either. I was surprised like, because I was doing my Google Maps. And I was like, wait, this man hopped in the car the next day to drive nine hours to meet a man who just called him in the middle of the night saying, yeah, I heard a song. I want to play it for you next time you in town. You just go the next day? Bruh. 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 I was like, you know what? I personally would be like, man, I'm coming down there to beat your ass. But... (laughs) (laughs) Because the fuck... But, um... I mean, 
Sharon did it. I mean, he hopped in the car. He had no plans because his mom is in Atlanta. He has no family in Miami anymore. I think um, his mom was in... The, wasn't his mom still in Florida? I thought she was still in Atlanta. I feel like the scenery reminded me so much of Florida. Mm. Mm-hmm. We don't ever figure out where she is. She just is like in a, a rehab facility is what I got from it. It gave me Florida. It was all in trees. Because she was like, we moved here to start over. After did she you say got that? Out. I thought she did. I don't remember her saying it. I thought she he went down there and met her. Because I can't imagine her moving, really. I mean, you know, you grow up, you grow different, you change your life. I'm also like, I didn't, well, we never find out how she got into the rehab facility. Like, how she- We need to, we need the Paula cut. We need the Paula cut. We need to learn <laughs> more about Paula. Cut? But from like the Paula uh, perspective. <laughs> we need more about Paula, please. Right. Because we don't even know how that works out. Like, we just have to, we just have to speculate, I guess. Because, I mean, he wasn't doing anything from inside fucking GV. Mm-mm. So, like, you know, um, oh, we skipped over the part when we talked about Kevin smoking outside. And the cigarettes and just staring at the camera. He was like, listen, I'm I'm stressed. (laughs) I'm stressed. Stressed out. (laughs) And Kevin is played by Andre Holland. Mm -hmm. Which I think he knows, um... I think he knows McCraney from somewhere. I think he was casted maybe in a school production or something with him. Mm-hmm. I forget how they how they like know each other. Somehow they know each other. Um, or wait, is maybe it's with Barry? Listen, we've been talking for a while, so like <laughs> they know each other. They know each other. So that's how they got cast. He got casted and. I mean, there was a couple scenes where there was like, there's a good old close up of him once they're like in the restaurant. And I literally was like, I remember being in my chair in the theater and being like, oh my God. And it wasn't anything like, this is so attractive. I'm so into this. I was just like, I don't know. It just caught me off guard. I was like, my chest. I just felt my heart clench. It's like the cigarette smoke and just it's slow motion. It. Reminds you of one car away, bro. Bitch. It does. It it just has that moment. Like it's it's you just needed like an, an extra slow motion with like the cigarette smoke and I would have been like, I'm into it. It's a moment. It's just a little moment right there. And Kevin's working in a restaurant. That's wait, 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 wait. We didn't get to the part with his mama. He talks to his mama before he goes. Oh yeah. Actually, he has a wet dream before he talks to his mama. <laughs> but yeah, I was just kind of, I was like, uh, how old are you to be having wet dreams? But I was like, yeah, he is still early 20s, maybe, you know, I'm not going to judge. He is a little repressed. He hasn't been with another person ever since yeah, Kevin. Later. Yeah, we find that out later. Um, would you would think he would kind of be, I mean, if he's out here with the hoes and stuff with aphrodisia. <laughs> aphrodisia ain't real. Aphrodisia is a figment of that man's imagination. <laughs> so, 
So he goes and meets his mother at the rehab, wherever the hell it is. And this is literally the only part of the movie I do not like, which is Naomi's hair. Oh, and it's like gray like me. (laughs) But it's like, (laughs) it's not good. I mean, she only had three days to shoot this. So she had visa problems. They was about to send her back. I was so, like, I I was very confused about the hair. This is the only the literal only part of the movie I was like, I don't like this part because I was like, this guy sprinkled in there like cotton. I mean, that's how some of us be sometimes. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know that life quite yet. <laughs> I mean, us women in her in our mid to late forties, like myself. <laughs> It'd be like that. My mom said that she turned gray like way before. I guess it, I guess like when she was like twenty five or something. She's like, if you have it by now, I don't know when you are. Which I was like, now I've said that I'm probably gonna have a gray hair tomorrow. But like, um, my great grandma didn't have that many when she was older. She had like a head full of black hair. She had like a few grays, and I was like, ooh, I hope that's my life, bruh. I have, I almost have a streak in my, I have a part and I almost have a streak like your boy Rob Stark. Oh, I would love that. That's what's happening right now. Aww, Richard. <laughs> and I'm, gonna watch that show, I'm but... not stressed, but I'm stressed. <laughs> that doesn't look good. You have like a, like a good rogue streak. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening now. I love those so much. I think they're so cute. Um, so they are talking. Um, as she works there in exchange for housing, mm-hmm. basically. So she doesn't have like an actual like home anymore. Um, and she's like, "You still on the streets?" And they. You know, they get into it a little bit because he's like, why would I listen to you? Like, why? Like, for what? <laughs> for what, lady? For what? And um, she tells him that, you know, basically she apologized. She's like, you know, I should have loved you when you needed it because I didn't. And he has a little tear that comes out. And I'm like, I don't think it's like a full rec- like reconciliation, but it's like, starting to get out the things like things unsaid or whatever yeah I mean they could work toward it yeah I mean now that you like I mean he has kind of it's it's kind of like you gotta be like willing to do it cause just because you say sorry doesn't mean shit sometimes y'all but um also like he I don't think he was expecting that to come from his mom, especially after years and years of your mama hating you. Yeah, especially when she was acting out. Right, and you, her hating you enough that you hate yourself. Yeah. So, um, there's like a, a Latin song that comes up in this part, which I wrote down. I think we both talked about this guy, but I don't... I fucked up the pronunciation of the last song, y'all. So I don't know uh, if I can say. Don't ask me to pronounce it because be. It's kind of like not even a. It's kind of like a. 
I don't know if this is a word, actually. I feel like it's more of like a sound than an actual word. But we'll post the link. We'll post the link. So this came up and I was like, ooh, that's another, that's another callback. Yes. That's another one. My third eye opened. (laughs) He's not from, um, like the singer of this song, at least from, from what Shazam told me. Um, I think he's, uh, Mexican. Is he? I think so. Like, no, he's from Brazil. Brazil? Okay. Mm-hmm. But the the person who originally wrote this, I get the person who's who sang the song, the version of the song was Brazilian, but at the I believe the original from like 1954 is um by a man who's from Mexico. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was like, okay, and this I see I copied the lyrics this time. And he was like, the lyrics are so like talking about a dude who just goes through his life crying and and not eating and suffering for somebody. And I was like, damn. <laughs> it is from a film called Happy Together. Is this this movie in Happy Together? Or this song wasn't Happy Together? Was this one in Happy Together? I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. It actually pops up in a lot of movies. But, yeah, you're right. It wasn't happy together. Mm-hmm. And y'all should definitely watch that if you have a chance. I personally feel. Um, and then it. <laughs> the next song I mentioned was Classic Man, the Chopped and Screwed version. <laughs> which is the literal only time I've ever liked anything by Jadena. And probably ever will. I don't. All I know, he been dry humping your aunts on the timeline. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what that's about either. I don't know what that's about either. It's not. And he got like a little. He got a little ponytail or some shit. I don't know. No, he's got like two little braids like, into. I don't right. know. He's not my style. No, I don't really care for him either. But I just like this version of the song. Like, I don't even like the song. <laughs> I just like this version of the song. Like, I'm a classic, man. <laughs> you ain't shit. So, um, <laughs> this is the only time I like. And, that, like, I don't know. I just like the inclusion of Chopped and Screwed music. Thank you for that as well, Barry. And Nicholas Patel. The composer for this movie and for If Beale Street Could Talk, who should have won an Oscar for the score, but I will not harp on about that again. You can look clean. No, okay. So, (laughs) okay. So the next scene, he's made it down to Miami. He actually found the restaurant, which I was like, did he tell you where he worked? Like, Sharon's probably on them Googles. He is Googling on the Facebook. Um, he's actually like goes and puts on a um a little t shirt in the thing in the like in the parking lot, puts his chains on and shit. Make himself <laughs> look nice. Gets us together, whatever. Um Oh, when they walked in and the close up on their faces, it's too much. Because they were both like, oh, my God. 
Exactly. I mean, for Kevin, it's like, bitch, you done changed like a lot. And for Sharon, it's like, you're still him. Like, you're still him. Like, kind of like how Chow thinks about Sue. Mm-hmm. It that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're like still the person that I idealized. Yeah, in my heart, and had memories over for years and years and years and years and stuff. You know, he just didn't turn to like a complete asshole like Chow did. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Kevin makes him like the chef special. I was like, ooh, ooh. look at this Cuban food. The plantains. Oh, you sprinkling that parsley on it. And I was like, you know that's made with love. Cause like it was extra special. I was so fucking hungry when I was this. Um, we find out that Sharon does not drink. And also he does the smart thing. Do not eat with your grills in, y'all. Don't do it. That's not hygienic. It will, I think it ruins them actually, but also like hygienically. Like, you don't want food in your fucking grill. Like, like you don't want to be like, smile for me, Danny, and then it's like a piece of parsley stuck in your shit. I mean, that too. Especially the shit that you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kevin makes him drink anyway. Then he has like a wine and plastic cups, the height of sophistication in class and romance. And then fucking. Tyrone just took the fucking wine straight to the head. He's like, oh, it's kind of like juice. <laughs> Me. I was like, okay. Yeah, you, you, for real. Um, and they kind of like rib each other. At one point, he's like, yo, man, my spaghettios go hard. I was like, oh, come on, bang plates. <laughs> Sad struggle plate. Spaghettios are so damn nasty. They are so damn nasty. Um, but they basically catch up with each other. So, um, Kevin had a baby with somebody named Samantha. I'm assuming it's the girl from the, is that the girl from the stairwell? Maybe. I don't remember what the girl's name was, but he's like, yeah, I had a baby. Um. We see the baby, the baby cute. The baby's cute. Um, after some poking and prodding, Chiron says he's trapping. Um. He met a dude in there that basically put him on. And so he got out of jail. He was like completely different and stuff. And they had like a little like tense moment at one point because he was like, you don't know me. Cause, cause Kevin's like, that's not you. Like you don't do that kind of stuff. He's like, you don't know me. And I was like, but he's like touched your dick. So he might know you a little bit. I mean, he touched his dick back in the day. He didn't touch this dick right now though. <laughs> Okay, he touched way back then. He didn't touch to date it. So he doesn't know him. So I feel Sharon right now. I mean, yeah, he's changed a lot. And like um, a lot of the research that I was doing talked about how um, like this is another part of like a performance for him in a way because like Kevin's talking about like that's not you. But like this is him because he's transformed so much to protect himself in a way because he was so like hopeless um in his childhood he's hopeless at school 
they have no friends, you know, nobody to like protect him, really, like after Juan dies, especially. So like he literally like put on this suit of armor that is gigantic fucking muscles. I mean, it and looks good. It looks good, but also like that's I it's kind of like a thing that that men feel like they have to do. Yeah. In these certain situations, because like you can't be caught being vulnerable and being sad and depressed because people will fuck you up. Like Kevin, Kevin fucking betrayed him like that, like right after they had that moment. And, um, and I mean, him and Juvie, like he's with a bunch of other fucking kids that done possibly done some shit. So also like, once you out and you trapping and stuff, like, you got to, like, have some weight to get people to take you seriously. Yeah. He, I, yeah, he had to build himself up. He had, he literally had to make himself into a new person. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, like, what would have to him if he hadn't, but he felt like he had to do that. But, um... Yeah, this one, like, really good, like, um, really good quotes and things about that kind of, like, about him sort of making that transition to, like, this, like, super huge dude and and how a lot of the performance of, of masculinity, um, you can't be both. I feel like, like, men feel like you can't be both. Um, and, like, being vulnerable and, and is, it leans towards the feminine, in to most men, it's code as like being a feminine thing, and so you lean all the way the other end, which is like super big, super ripped. Um, he's kind of quiet; doesn't really talk. He never talked a lot anyway, but like it's it's all sort of um, it is kind of a performance because he's acting like you know he's like this kind of tough guy. And he's like, "Yo, I know you. Yeah, pretend all you want to." But I know who you are, Sharon, and this ain't I you. I know you. But, um, so he ends up, oh, the song with the, with the, with the Hello Stranger by Barbara Lewis. Ooh. That neck grab. This was a moment for me, like, if I ever wrote a screenplay, like, <laughs> I need to write something that has a a moment that has a song that has thematic weight and have like a Sean Mendes song play. Like oh, that's God. just how it works. I don't know what Sean Mendes looks like, but Yes you do. I do not yes, <laughs> I don't you do. still. Yes you do. I don't yes. know. Yes. I don't know that. I I really don't. That's sad though. She does, but, but like um, they he stays till closing, and um, cause Kevin doesn't have a car, he like takes the bus or he takes like dollar vans. I was like, oh no, not the dollar van, and um, <laughs> Chiron's <laughs> Chiron's license plate says black three hundred five. I was like, come on. Put on for your city, man. Um, and he's still going by black. 
I know, right? Like, that's what you picked when you made your transformation. He's like, yeah, I go by Black. I mean, that's a cool nickname, honestly. I mean, I guess. It, as as a drug dealer, like, Black, hell yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, hell yeah. I would want that as my nickname if I was trapping, like, for real. Okay, when Brittany comes around uh, as a dope boy, dope girl, I don't know. <laughs> there you go, y'all. There you go. Um, and Kevin lives near the ocean, too. And I was like, oh, this is too much. They're so cute. I think Kevin said he went to juvie or went to jail. He's on probation. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like... He's like, yeah, like, my life didn't really turn out the way that I thought it was going to, but, like, I'm good. Like, I I love my son, and I love, like, cooking at the restaurant. Like, I'm I'm actually really happy. And then he kind of asked about, um, like, Chiron and, like, what's his deal and stuff. He's like, who is you? And I was like, well, he's like, I did this because I had to survive. And... I don't know, like, at one point I was like, man, Kevin don't seem like he is much of, I was like, Kevin ain't shit. I still feel like he apologized, but I feel like I would still want to, like, get one lick in. <laughs> because, bruh, my life went to a spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Into a complete spiral. But... I mean, he was like, you know, I ain't got no worries. And then Chiron drops the bomb. He drops the bomb. He says, you're the only man who's ever touched me. Bitch, I want to fall out when he said that shit. And Kevin just looked like, okay. He was like, what? Because I would have been like, what? Yeah, because that was a long time ago. It was a very. It, I felt like it was a like a like a while ago. <laughs> I felt like that was like a decade ago. It, I think he says it was a decade or something. He's like, I haven't seen you in like a decade. It's, it's a minute. It's been a minute. I was like, nobody's touched you and... since. And I was like, looking like that though, bruh. Nobody. Of mm. nobody, just nobody, no person. But then I was thinking, like, damn, like, is this him idealizing Kevin in some way? It could be. Like, like bro, that was high school. Like, if Kevin is the only person that has he has gotten close to, he may not have wanted anybody else but Kevin. Maybe that's why that's he's true. like, I'm gonna answer this phone call at two o'clock in the fucking morning out of nowhere. That's why I'm gonna get in my car and drive nine hours uh, to see this man. That's why I'm going to like not have any plans, like not really have anywhere to stay. Because Kevin make a comment like, "So where are you gonna stay at? Because <laughs> you don't have no I more family think, down here." I don't think he even fucking considered it. And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, "Oh, okay. So I guess you could come over my house." Like, so, I guess, I guess, I guess. 
Um, but then it, they have like the, it just doesn't cut. They don't have like a sex scene or whatever. Um, I guess we can like infer cause it's kind of like the same, like a, almost like a mirrored shot, I guess, of like when, um, when they were on the beach cause he's like, got his head laid on his shoulder and then like Kevin's got his like head, hand on his head. I don't know if that's like the same. I don't know what we can infer. That's what I inferred from it. I. I um. Just thought that like. For once. To me, like the way I interpreted, like this is literally kind of like the last scene of the movie. Like I interpreted as. Sharon, Sharon could finally like be himself. Like he That's can true. let, like, take all of his costuming off and yeah, let he... all that go and just finally be him with the right. person that he wants to be himself around. Right, because he doesn't have to like put on for him. And then he doesn't have to, like, kind of be this big, tough dude because, you know, I mean, he knows him. So, soulmates or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then I think the very, very, very last shot is him. Oh, wait, wait. Before I say about the very last shot, um, the scene where they got their head, like, laid on each other, that is such, like, a common shot now i feel like that i there is a a post i reblogged like forever ago but like i think they do the same thing like happy together where they got like their heads leaning on each other in like the like a cab or something like that and i think that same shot kind of pops up in handmaiden i don't know if anybody's coined a term for it yet i'm sure somebody has yeah the that shot and happy together is kind of like on a cover art. Oh yeah, it is. But happy together, I mean, that should be ending kind of. I mean, just Ooh, watch it. Girl. Ooh, shit, that whole thing was such an emotional roller coaster. But um, yeah, the last scene in Moonlight is little is like looking out at the water, and then he's kind of like looks back, and I was, and the music comes in, and I was like. Yes. <laughs> Did you stand up and start clapping at your TV? I just, I just had a moment where I was like, I gotta do a lot of research, man. <laughs> I gotta do my, I gotta do my writing. I have a lot of questions about stuff, um, which I don't even know if we can get to because we've been talking for so long <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, just like with the water and. Um, and some other parts, I was like, Brittany, we got, I gotta do, I gotta do some Googles. I gotta do some Googles. Okay, tell me about this water. Um, just because of how much it, it, it comes up, because there's even parts where he doesn't, he's not in water, but he hears water, or there's water being like, like you hear waves and stuff. Like, it's kind of like he's constantly in, like, interacting with it. Um, but it's also kind of like in those really like transformative parts, like when he's in the water with Juan and it's kind of like the first time you see him with like a father figure, but like anybody sort of like 
giving him like actual genuine affection and attention. Um, and then the same thing happens in the scene with Kevin in the second part. Um, but also he hears water when he's like dreaming about Kevin. So it all kind of like comes in back and forth a little bit. Um, and then also again, like towards the end where, I mean, there's a surprise too when he dunks his face in the water. I didn't even realize I was like, damn, there's a lot of water in this movie. Like I never realized that before. And also when he, Kevin lives by the water when they're like walking to Kevin's gate and whatever. And I was like, damn, they're right by the fucking Atlantic. It's like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, I found a really cool video too. I'll, I'll try to remember to link it that dealt with a lot of like the colors in the movie and how there are, um, mainly pink and blue and how that's kind of, um, because in like Western society, like that's the the feminine and masculine. And so you kind of see in the times where it's very pink, it's kind of like, um, it's usually when he's like interacting with people, like there's be like, there'll be like a pink wall behind him or there's something pink nearby. And then when he, it's blue, he's like in kind of like a more like, very depressive uh, state, I guess, where he's kind of more like in a vulnerable state or like when he's in bed, he's all curled up and whatever. So, I mean, blue is kind of like an obvious choice for like depression and representing sadness and loneliness and stuff. But I kind of found it interesting because I didn't realize how much pink there was in the movie. Besides from the, the scene when Naomi Harris is in the in the um, in the hallway Cause she's got pink lights coming out of her bedroom, like neon pink light. I that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Like favorite like shots. Yeah. In the movie, honestly. Yeah, cause I think in in the mood for love, there's a lot of scenes where there's a lot of red that comes up. Mm-hmm. Especially towards like the end, because like when they're in room two twenty forty six, it's like super red to a point where I was like what room is this is this like a hotel is this a brothel like what where are they at is this somebody's apartment so um but yeah I mean there's tons out there I feel like I barely scratched the surface honestly <laughs> for as long as we talked about all this um but I'll try to post like the clips and stuff on Twitter once we like drop the episode so would you recommend this movie? I mean, do we have to even do this part? We know what we're going to say. Obviously, yeah. Which is, yeah, which is duh. Like, you need yeah. to go and watch this shit right now. Yeah, and we didn't even talk. Oh, God, I meant to talk about Ashton Sanders. Oh, my baby Ashton. He, he does, he is underrated. He needs I'm- more work. I meant to say this when we were talking about his parts in the in the thing in like in the school. I didn't realize because he I feel like he looks so different in this movie than he does like like in like everyday life cuz even like I was just scrolling through some of the pictures when they were like going to the Oscars and going like he's like on the red carpet um at different places. Like I feel like he 
like physically kind of changed a little bit like the way he would like hold himself and like hold his mouth and stuff um because he just looks like so like awkward in the movie versus like how he is in in his everyday life he's very fashion forward Mm-hmm. i feel like people need to put him more on like fashion spreads he's in a few but like not as many as i think he should be in um and also him and Jarrell won Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards. They still make the MTV Movie Awards, which is hilarious to me. But, I mean, this is a kiss that deserved it. I don't know why I started laughing at MTV Movie Awards. Like, okay. <laughs> I know. I think it's so terrible. And, of course, I mean, we didn't even talk about the Oscars. I don't even know if we need to talk about the Oscars. Y'all know. At this point, y'all know. We know. I also didn't realize that they won for Best Adapted Screenplay. I don't remember that happening. And Uh, also, the the film's editor uh, became the first black woman to be nominated for an editing Oscar. mm. Along co-editor Nat Sanders. I don't know what to suggest. I do. Duh. Happy together. Well, yes, yes. If you want, like, the the other side of the coin <laughs> with this movie, because you're looking at an established relationship that is breaking down. Um, you know, like, a, you're just watching a train wreck, you know? Woo! So, yeah, Happy Together from 1997, directed by Juan Carway. Oh, yeah. Like, I watched that, and I was like, Ashley, like, what if this is the second half of Moonlight? You know, I'd be so depressed and sad because (laughs) you don't want to see something beautiful break down like that. Trevante said he hopes that Kevin and and Sharon are, like, dancing together in their 90s. And I was like, that's so sweet. Because uh, they definitely, I mean, they do dance together and happy together, but I mean, shit ain't, shit Hmm. ain't happy. Yeah, I mean, whoo, they go through it. Yeah, happy together is the one. Um, Okay, so we totally do not know what we're doing for September. But we will let you guys know when we figure it out because we love you. Obviously, we would tell y'all everything. Um, I guess we should plug ourselves. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. You can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. You can visit us at blackgirlfilmclub.com. We're also now officially on Instagram. We're IG honeys. <laughs> yes, we're trying it modeling. out. The um, Romeo plus Juliet collection for Forever 21. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, that will never happen. But um, so we'll be posting there. Um, if you're into Instagram, you should definitely follow. Um, we'll kind of put whatever that we couldn't stick in. You know, just like the side notes and trivia and stuff like that. Because we usually we have a lot of research. Um, and they don't always make it into the show. So... Um, yeah, it's just like a good place to kind of like give you a little bit extra, extra, a little extra guac on your burrito. 
Yeah, for free. Mm-hmm, for free. You don't have to pay extra. So, um, yeah, you should follow us there. I think it's just straight up Black Girl Film Club, right? Yes. Not abbreviated. Nope, just like the show. Yes, so you should definitely follow us there. But, um, yeah, is there anything else? No, that's it, I think. That's it. We've literally been talking for most of the night. Yes. Time has shifted. Yes, we're in a new day now. (laughs) Brittany is literally in Monday, (laughs) and I'm still on Sunday. (laughs) Oh, gosh, okay. Well, we'll see you guys, or not see you guys. Oh, shit. We will talk to you guys later. Yeah, bye, guys. Bye.